From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and talk about what was good and what was great. I'm sorry, and this is Mark. Hiya! It's episode 60, so it's a classic, and tonight we're talking about sci-fi film The Terminator. Terminator. Came out in 1984. Oh my goodness, so long ago, sorry. How old? No, don't tell us how old you Get were. Get out. But- <laughs> In this episode, we will, will we will reveal what we thought about The Terminator, the ins and outs of narrative and film language, plus a deep dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmakers are proposing. The original The Terminator, 1984, was directed and written by James Cameron. Gail Ann Hurd also contributed a little bit, even though Mr. Cameron said she did bugger all. Uh, that's that's quoted, okay? She did bugger all, according oh, to Mr. Gale. Cameron. No, she was a producer. I'll come back to that a little bit later. Oh, okay. And then okay. William Woosha added some of the dialogue. And I really would love to know, did he do, I'll be back? I'll be back. <laughs> or was that Cameron? Or was it Gale? I don't know. Was it I'm Arnie? confused. Was it just Arnie? No, the, actually, well, what I did read about Arnie was that he didn't like that line. He wanted to change it because he he struggled to pronounce "I'll." He wanted it to be "I will be back." I will be back. That's right. He but couldn't do it. Up and at them. <laughs> he did it really resistantly, but Cameron would not give it away. So, that, but that probably shines a bit of light on that joke in The Simpsons where they're doing radioactive man Fallout Boy mm. and. Whatever his name is, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Simile. Uh, yeah. Oh, he yeah, is in there it? and he has to say the line, up and atom. <laughs> but he keeps saying, up and at them. <laughs> and maybe, maybe. I think that is the joke. Yeah. I think joke. you're right. Yeah. There's a reference there. Yeah. Uh, well, the story with Gail is that she bought the script for a dollar. A dollar. From James Cameron. I'd a buy dollar. That for a dollar. As long as James Cameron got to direct it. That was his deal. You can buy the script for a dollar as long as I get to direct it. And she, she signed off on that because she knew it was a great deal. And then she started to like contribute to the script. But then he has come out years later and said she did bugger all. Yeah, right. <laughs> so take it up with James. Don't take it up with me. No, I'm just okay. the messenger, okay, and, and prove me I'm wrong, all right? So, but before we go any further, sorry, we should... Uh, turn back now if you haven't seen this film. It's been out for... Nearly 40 years. <laughs> Nearly so, 40 years, yeah. I mean, you've had ample opportunity. Yeah. There's not exactly much in the way of spoilers, but we're going to spoil that one spoiler that you need to not have spoiled. Well, if you've never heard of The Terminator before, sure, we're going to spoil the living shit out of this, aren't we? Yeah, well... <laughs> we probably already have a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so, warning, warning. Warning, warning, warning. Warning. Go watch it. Come back. Listen to us. Warning, warning. Warning. <laughs> warning. Step How back. <laughs> We're back to good old Arnie. He's a great, 
Uh, it wasn't funny that uh, he was originally told one of the struggles he had as a young actor mm. is the fact that no one could understand his accent. Yeah. No one would like you in your film, in the films. Yeah. Turns out that's the honey. main reason people put him in films. I know, I know. And James Cameron actually said that once they got on set, he felt, and, and Arnie was there, he suddenly felt like this film wasn't just this sort of fantasy in his head. Like he, he suddenly felt like everyone walked a lot taller the whole thing rolled a lot better and Arnie just brought that like extra presence to the film set. And because it, because they were kind of, some of them were thinking that this film was a little bit of a joke when they, when they actually made yeah, it. Like they, they were kind of, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a shocky like, kind of. Yeah. And it was concept. never, it didn't have a massive budget and it also didn't, and it wasn't going to have a massive release and we'll come to that in a little bit, but yeah, like James and James was an up and coming oh, director. We, like we know James now. We know him now. I mean, Jesus, he was before, part of the process, but this is well, before, before Terminator. <laughs> It's before Alien. It's, it's Alien. Sorry, Alien. Piranha Two. Or yeah. Something rather funny. Yeah. So, so it wasn't. Uh, you know, like he having Arnie on set. He he actually said like it added so much more clout to the whole film. They they were a bit unsure about it all. So everyone everyone that was working on this was a bit because he came wandering in off the uh, cinema release success of Conan. Yep. In which he also doesn't say a lot. Yes. But he's if you haven't seen Conan the Barbarian, like we're not going to talk about it on this film. No. But you should go see it. Definitely. And then come Great back film. and listen. <laughs> no spoilers about Conan. Conan was, was one of my favorite movies growing up. It's a great kid. movie. It's a great and movie. And I've seen it uh, relatively recently and it just, it really is good. And it, like this film, it, I mean, I've seen Terminator a lot. Um, as a, as growing up, and I think we'll talk about that in a moment. But it, it, coming back to it again, it's been a few years. It, it's really held. It really holds itself oh, still. I know, was surprised like, because the last time I watched it was on VCR, VHS, <laughs> and the quality was was not great. And I remember being, I don't know, I was like, what did I originally see in this film? It's like yeah. it's, it's kind of a bit ordinary. So I haven't seen it since. Mm. But then. Uh, my wife brought up this the concept that we could watch uh, the Terminator. The Terminator Two would be a good kids film. Yeah, it, it kind of is a kids <laughs> film. You know, like the, yeah. John Connor is like a, a boy, and yeah, you know. Uh, but we had to watch the first one. Yep. So I went okay, and yeah, and I was watching it. I was going actually now. Now I remember why. Yeah. When I first saw this at a friend's sleepover party, birthday party, as you did with the Terminator. Why, like we did not stop talking about or playing the Terminator mm. as it were, basically. For weeks afterwards. Yeah. Well, and see now, we're talking about that now. So, th- was that the first time you saw it? Was that a sleepover? Yeah, sleepover party. Uh, Group of boys. Never heard of it before because, of course, I was, uh, I would have been 11, 12, 13. Mm. So, you know, obviously, didn't, oh, too young to watch it in the cinema. Yeah. But we watched it at the sleepover and, you know, the, it starts off with the, the loud bang, bang, bang and there's electrical sound and things happening. If we immediately were enthralled by this huge, muscular, tough-looking dude mm. who just, for someone, you know, you don't know at the time, he just destroys these punks yeah. and nicks their clothes. And it's just like... Because uh, we hadn't read the back of the cover or anything. No, I, I don't of course know, not. I don't know why the... I can't even remember which, whose birthday it was. I can remember a few of the friends there, but I don't know which one. Anyway, we didn't read the cover. We didn't know that it was time travel cyborgs or anything like that. It was just... Mm. Uh, yeah, Arnie in those opening scenes 
so powerful. Yeah. Like, and he's so young. I mean, he's yeah. 37 or something, so yeah. <laughs> he's not like a, a little kid or anything. But, yeah, he's, he's just a fantastic presence. Mm. Doesn't say a word, you know, give me your clothes or some, <laughs> some garbage like that. Yeah. And that's about it. And the heavy accent, of course, works because it's like it makes him alien. Yeah, he's yeah. the punks are Bill Paxton, yeah, who, right. who uh, goes on to you know with Aliens, yeah, yeah. with James Cameron and Michael Bain, and they, um, yeah, it's just it's a great, great moment, and mm. it stuck with us. The number of times we would say, "I'll be back," I know, "I'll yeah. be back," <laughs> get, <laughs> get out. I think, and that's why I really wanted to cover this question tonight because I'm sure, like you, I've seen this film multiple times, saw it as a little boy, saw it as like a teenager, saw it as a young man probably. Um, Now it's been a little while, you know, because there is so much content available at our fingertips. But I think this film, 1984, again, I was way too young to see anything like this at the movies. I was only a real little bub in a way in 1984. But... um, you know, you get to that age of around 10, 11, 12, you start, this is on TV. You know, it's on the Sunday night movies. When we used to have that in Australia, we used to have a Sunday night movie and this would be one of those ones. Die Hard's another one oh, that they Die used Hard. to play. Like, it feels like my memory tells me that they played it a couple of times a year. I don't know. But it felt like that. Like, so you're 10, you watch it. You're 11, you watch it. You're 12, you watch it. You go to your mate's birthday sleepover for the first time ever and you're 10, 11 and you, a little boy, you know, boys get together and it's like action, Arnie, Arnie, you know, like Arnie movies, you know. And I think Predator was probably one of all that, because I remember being, and we've done Predator previously, Predator's a little bit scary. This is not so much scary in that way. It's more just like high octane yeah. action, you know, yeah. like it's that real action packed. It is a thing, scary you know? movie. Concept, like when, yeah, when you look at it, it's scary. It's a creeping. It's not a horror. No, it's not. It doesn't feel not, as it, horrific. It doesn't have yeah. that horror sort of yeah. creep. It's more that I remember because we would yeah creep each other out. We're going yeah. Imagine there was like this this thing. It just wouldn't stop trying to trying kill to kill. You. Yeah, when, and, and it could kill you. Like yeah. it's not. It's not like. You know, dug down the road, no. who <laughs> shakes his fist at you and he ride over his footpath or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's I, quite brilliant. And I think in the context of then, you know, if I'm about ten, eleven, then it's early nineties, and you look at the actions that started to happen in the nineties from the actions we had in the eighties, like Terminator and other other ones, Commando and stuff. The action is so, and we talked a lot about it also in Predator, like yeah. how high level the action is that, of course, you kind of get a bit saturated as a little boy with action. And so you do watch this and it's like, oh, he's he's like, you know, barreling into cars and cars are being thrown. They're firing shotguns across highways and, you know, get into a truck and they explode a truck. And you're a little kid and you're like, this is awesome. You know, how good is this? Like, a, and, and, he's, and he's like breaking down as a cyborg slowly <laughs> throughout the film. And like, I never really even thought about it at the time, how much he is, he is this killer robot, a killer cyborg. Uh, and when I watched it this time, I thought, wow, he really is a menacing killer robot that doesn't stop. And they mention that. I really picked it up this in this viewing. Like, they mention, Reese says it a couple of times, like, he will not stop. Like, there's nothing that will stop him. And no fear, no in, mercy. Yeah, in, and in this viewing, I really kind of picked up on that. Like, A, when it's Arnie, and then even B, at the end, uh, you know, the robot, like, 
they blow him up and he comes out of the fire and then they rip him in half and he still comes out and then even when he's ripped in half, his arms still like claws at her and it's just like it's non-stop on the mission, which is brilliant as an adult because that's what a cyborg would be. You know, it's not a human. It wouldn't just stop because it's been ripped out. No, it doesn't have a pain threshold. So it would just keep going. But then I think as it like reflecting on that viewing as a child, it's more like, hey, you know, like Arnie nonstop, <laughs> like blow him up, you know, like what would it take? Like there was that probably that ridiculousness in my head of like, what would it take to take Arnie down? You know, like this guy doesn't go down easy. You know, I've seen Commando, I've seen Predator, I've seen these other, you know, Running Man, That you know, that's another good sci-fi that we have to come to at some point. But it's like, he doesn't go down easy, Arnie, right? Like, I think you're seeing the mix of the 90s, the Nicolas Cage actions and the Bruce Willis, Die Hard, like these guys, they don't go down easy. So you look at the Terminator as a kid and you're kind of like, yeah, it's just it's, it's two guys going at it for two hours, you know. But um, <laughs> And that's a different film, that's sorry. A different that's film. a different, totally different film that you like to watch, I know. But, you know, um, but yeah, that the viewing experience this time, I suppose, for me, taking it in more from actually a sci-fi angle. I've never probably, when I was a child, didn't even think of this film as a sci-fi. You know, like I just kind of thought of it as an action. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And and then when you look at James Cameron's intentions, he actually, he got the, he had a dream in Rome and uh, it was that he had went in Rome, do as Romans do, write a script. Write a script. So, but he had this nightmare dream of, I think it was something like he was in a kitchen and this robot would not stop getting him. Mm. Like there was no way to stop this like robot thing getting him, right? (laughs) <laughs> We've all had it at some point. Um, robot, mother-in-law, you know, sister, whatever. You know, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Um, but yeah, he had that dream of that and he, and he wanted to really homage. He loved John Carpenter horror, you know, at the time and, and he, and he loved the kind of 50 sci-fi, you know, the, the sort of, you know, attacking aliens onto the planet Earth and, you know, he, he, he kind of wanted to bundle and it was more of a horror. Like it really was. Like he set off with the intention of it being a horror, like these, uh, cyborgs, the original script was two cyborgs come back and they basically fight in the 1980s, you know, like they fight in LA and, um, you know, over this woman sort of thing. And, and it would be more horrific. And there's still those elements. I don't know if you notice these, these moments, like, you know, the real red eyes of the Terminator and mm. that, and that ruthlessness of him wanting to just destroy her no matter what. Well, that, that red eye is what has become the way we know that a robot has gone to kill mode. It has, that right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's parodied in, in various cartoons. Mm, and, yeah. And, and so even Wally, even Wally, like, when he but, goes on to red, it's like the autopilot. Like, he's no longer yeah, Wally. There's plenty like, of serious yeah. films and uh, TV series where when the robot gets a red glow. Yeah, the red glow. It's in, we're in trouble. <laughs> Boston Dynamics, if you're out there, you know how it, it all rolls out, you know. Um, so, yeah, there, there is that interesting... I found it a different experience this time, I've got to say. Did yeah. you find any different this time? Well, yeah, I was watching it with my kids. Yeah. And they were they were cheering them on and, mm. like... And who were they cheering for? They were, they were amazed <laughs> at, at the, you know, always the, question. the Terminator moving. And when I was watching it, yeah, likewise, I was, I was really appreciating more the um, uh, the pacing and... The way, yeah, the way we got a bit of a roller coaster of the action scenes, then quieter scenes, and like a bit of tension, and um, yeah, it was it was very good 
sort of looking at a bit analytically because I obviously know the whole story. Yeah. There's no surprises no, in there for me. No, me too. But I was also really appreciating the fact that the special effects and the acting and so forth, if if you just um if you upgraded the film quality, because it had that definite eighties colour yeah. grading yeah. and which is always kind of a little bit scratchy and harsh. And I'm not sure if that's just because of the quality of the film has not survived well or was not great. Uh, but, and maybe you'd probably want to tone down that like the, it was so eighties, like yeah. the hair and everything else. <laughs> and I think if you did that a movie today, people would think you're taking the piss. Yes. Because they go, yeah. no, you can't, the, yeah, hair, well, the hair is too but big. But this you know, was like, 1984. <laughs> but they made so what I'm saying is if you made that film today, all exactly the same. Yeah. And, and just sort of, you know... Modernised modernized the, the, the colour and, yeah. and maybe tone down some of the 80s things. You probably still need to set in the 80s because yeah. you can't be having internets and mobile phones and things because mm. uh, that would kind of spoil a lot of stuff. You know, you'd would. have to change script too much. Yeah. But it, it, it was beautiful. Like, you wouldn't even need new special effects. Mm. I think the special effects were entirely up to date. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was... Uh, you could have... I suppose improve some of the animatronics or some of the claymation. Yeah, smooth that a little bit. But even then, that was not too bad because no, maybe it was that really uncanny good. valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrote, it actually looked like some of those attempts people have made of humanoid androids. Yeah, where, yeah. Where they're looking a little bit rubbery, a bit kind of wrong. Mm. And to be fair, he just had a shotgun to the face. Yeah, yeah. And was re- you know, let's say repairing. Yeah. Himself. Anyway, so let's 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 so, move on. Was this? Uh, hope, warning, or experiment? I saw it as a warning. Warning, warning. <laughs> because it's basically that premise of we give too much faith to technology, right? And then that technology takes over the world. And so, yeah, I mean, there's hope in that, you know, the human comes back and beats the robot, you know, in the story. But. I felt that it's more of a warning. Yes, I, I would agree. Because Definitely and and I, okay, we're not talking about Terminator Two or Terminator Three, but essentially, you know, those story repeats itself. Like the machines are still going to rise and take over. And I think why where I really see warning is that when there's that scene with Reese and Sarah, and he says he he does talk about that. You know, the bond, there was a nuclear war in the future somewhere from now. And then they never really knew who started it. And then it's like, he goes, but it was the defense computers that started it. Like they, at some point they smarted, they got, (laughs) they realized that the humans were the problem. And in he says in a microsecond, they decided to exterminate us. And then he goes on and tells, you know, the biggest story. And I really, this time watching, I thought, ah, it feels like, there's a bit of a pivotal piece of the plot mm. there that the writer, James and whatever, what they really wanted to get across that there was a moment there that humans kind of handed over the reins to the robot, the machine, the machine. And the machine, and the machine then mm. was smart enough to realise, no, you guys shouldn't be in control like I should be in control. And so to me, there's a warning there, you know. Yeah, it's, it's handing your fate away. Away, Give, yeah. Giving your fate up Yep, is... Yeah, is is the same as death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Basically, yeah. Uh, it's it's like being a prisoner or some such. Yeah, and and also then the analogy in this story is, and he tells us we don't see a lot of it, but in that future, it's basically like concentration camps. You know, the death is piled up; it's forever oh, going they have on, the and mounds of skulls, the mounds of skulls. Which I'm, you know? I'm looking at that thing. 
who put those mounds there? Because <laughs> where's right. the rest of the skeleton? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's just the did skulls. All these people just yeah. huddle together, lie on top of each other, carefully position their skulls, and then just slowly decompose. Well, he, no, but or? he does. He does say that he that they um like some of them were kept alive to then do all the work, and that included disposing of the bodies. Like he says something along yeah, those lines, and so you say that. Well, maybe his job was to line up all the skulls, yeah. <laughs> you know, like all the bodies. You know what I mean? Like make a big pile of the bodies. You, They're robots. I don't give a hey, shit. Hey, you just, human! Yeah. Pile up skulls. skulls. I want to step on one. We want it looks really cool (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) Check this out, kids. (laughs) Don't mess with Rob. I I mean, look, you could argue that there's a bit of hope and that humans always do this. We've looked at it in The Matrix and we've looked at it in other films where, like, we are so much like cockroaches, aren't we? And again, in this film, I mean, in analogy that... They've bombed the living shit out of us. He even says we're right on the brink of extinction. But but then John Connor rolls up, you know, John and it's like Connor. it's like it's the same. It's like there's always a few humans, isn't it, that just kind of niggle over. Uh, well, like it's it's, it's, a, it's a, you can history. in a yeah in a house you can kind of like wipe cockroaches out, and then there will just be one, and that's all it needs to be, right? One, and then there's eggs, and then there's more, and you're like you're back to blowing them all. In our evolutionary <laughs> history, they reckon that. There was a, we nearly did go extinct, and there mm. may have been as few as you know ten thousand or less than ten thousand humans left yeah. on Earth yeah. yep, yep. at one point, like huddled down, you know, South Africa, basically on the coastlines, mm. and yeah, so it was pretty close for us then. Like, mm. and now look at us, we're we're probably sort of regretting going a little bit, you know, <laughs> a bit mad with our our bonking, but you yeah. know, I suppose someone's got to do it. Yeah. So so I see it as a warning, so that's fine. So it's a nice night for a walk, Surrey. It is a nice night for a walk. How many people do you think the Terminator kills in this film? How many does he genuinely kill? Now, I don't know. Like, this is uh, my count. Okay. I have a count, but I'm wondering if you have a count. Because I was, I, it was something I was like, oh my God, he's fucking killing a lot of people. Well, he must kill, uh, he kills a couple of the punks at the start. He does. Let's, go, let's call it two. Mm-hmm. I think he kills two, maybe. Yeah. One of them runs off and then one of them hands over his clothes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he then kills at least two Sarah Connors. Yeah. Uh, he kills 20 something cops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 23 cops, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit cheating because I'm remembering from. Terminator Two, where they recount what he did. So, <laughs> so twenty. So that's what twenty three and like that. Maybe it's about thirty people there, so far. And then let me see. There'll be a couple innocent people in that nightclub scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably about th- between thirty five and forty people. Yeah. Well, I got forty two. Forty two. Right now, that that is there's a, there's a there's least a science one... fiction link there too. Yeah. Yeah. I know forty two. Yeah. You can talk about that. There's the punk at the start. Right. He's definitely a punk. That he rips his Heart out or whatever, right? Yeah. There's the gun shop owner. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, there's the two Sarah Connors. There's Ginger, who's Sarah's roommate, oh, yeah. and then her boyfriend. There's that. a guy at the bar that he just kind of like sprays. There's the girl at the bar that like runs in front of Sarah. Oh, I mean, how bad is that? Me. You know, like, like she run, he like shoots Sarah, but she runs in front of her. Now, at the station, the police station, this really got me. The captain says to her that... He goes, I have 30 cops here, so you're safe, right? And then, dun, 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 <laughs> he comes in. Now, in that scene, I counted that he mowed down about 12 cops, right? Wow, but there's also him firing down corridors that you don't see who he's actually shooting. Uh, and even Lance Henriksen, 
who plays the detective, you don't actually see him get killed, but he's never, he's not back in the film, right? Like you see the captain get killed, but you don't see Lance get killed, but he does fire towards Lance and then you never see him again. So, I mean, does he kill all those 30 cops? I kind of presume he does. Well, I think, like, I think he does. From memory in Terminator 2, they say, 27 or yeah, 29 or right. yeah. killed or something. So maybe so, a couple, so did, maybe a couple did survive. Sarah's mum. Sarah's mum. Uh, the truck driver. All right. So yes. he rips him. You see, do see him throw on the world. And then Kyle, Reese. Oh, uh, yeah. So I got 242. 42. Okay, <laughs> it's a good there. number. Forty. Good on you, Terminator. That's human population control. So one, robe, one Terminator can take out about 40 humans. Well, you, even you when they're even... like... Well, when they're even when they're armed, you know. Well, you could you could imagine like there was yeah twenty thirty cops with and they had M sixteen you know, yeah rifles, they had like yeah proper guns yep and they, they just did nothing and the reason he didn't kill more of them I think was because there weren't more to kill yeah and yeah. secondly he'd run out of bullets that's right and, and he does do that in that scene like you see him dispose of the guns as he goes through them yeah, yeah which is so, great they do more of that in you know Terminator two and stuff what about a favorite scene did you have a favorite scene of Terminator uh, yes, okay, well, there's a couple, but I'll, I'll go in. Cause go for like, one, like go, for, go one. for Come on, one. pick one. One is the nightclub scene where Sarah Connor gets in contact with the cops yeah. and says, someone's following me, mm. stay somewhere public. She's like, okay, I'm in this nightclub. I mean, yeah. and then she calls up her friend Ginger, of course, and says, I'm in Tech Noir. Yeah. Is that, is that what it's called there, yeah, Tech Noir? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And, and at this stage, we don't know. Like, we're pretty sure Arnie might be the bad, like, both both characters, uh, the Terminator and Kyle, have been mysterious. Mm. In fact, the really nice thing with watching these movies with my kids is I get to, particularly because my daughter doesn't have a filter between what comes from her eyes into her brain and back out her mouth. <laughs> so all of her reactions are very genuine and very immediate. Mm, nice. And they were going, oh, hang on. Which one of these guys is the bad guy? Like, yeah, yeah. Because at first they go, oh, Arnie, oh, he must be the Terminator because you know, he's looking bad. But then Kyrie's turns up and he's like running around chasing his... his police chase him. Way. Yeah, police chase and him go, as well. Oh, is, is he the, the one who's like, hmm. Mm. And so at this scene, it was really good because you still didn't quite know. Yeah. Until the yeah. Terminator walks in and like the guy says, hey, you didn't pay. And he just like fucking slams him down. Yep. But then you know, uh, Sarah looks across and sees... Kyle, Kyle, yep. And the um, yeah, Terminator walking across and she reaches down to pick something up off the ground and so the Terminator misses him. It's a great sort of scene it where it's going into a lot of slow motion and people are coming and then suddenly, boom, everyone sees everyone. Yeah. And guns come out. That Uzi 9mm <laughs> just starts. The magic endless bullets because yeah. on that thing there, you like maybe get two seconds worth of full auto. <laughs> And it's done. But he sort of just keeps firing. He keeps He going. reloads once, you yeah. know, at least. But he must have had like a 100-round clip or something. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was it was brilliant, lovely little shooting. And even the 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 way that the Terminator had this small submachine gun firing everywhere, mm. and Kyle had a shotgun, a police mm. shotgun. Mm. And, you know, popularized the trench coat for this purposes. You know, like mm. this became a, a look. It did, didn't it? And yeah, and it's a it's a brilliant sort of setup to get all three main characters in there, ready to go. But there's plenty of bystanders to get in the way. As you said, a yep. woman jumps in the way and get, takes a, a back full of bullets. Yeah, and 
that rescues Sarah. So it's it's, it's a brilliant sort of close quarters, um, exciting, thrilling sort of thing. It is. And the the honourable mention of scenes is where the Terminator is back in his room and he's repairing, he's pulling oh, his eyeball yeah, out and it's stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. And the, the landlord comes up and knocks and says, hey, you got a dead <laughs> cat in there or something? <laughs> and we see inside the Terminator's view, yeah, he says, yeah. like, um, select appropriate response. Yes, <laughs> no, maybe. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> what, what machine learning? I, I mean, know. He could, he could have just said, no. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, it went down, select the most appropriate yeah. one. <laughs> and that's how that was quite... It was quite a... A gross scene, but then this funny, yeah, you know, selection he had to make. It, it, that uh, I just want to say the nightclub scene. I agree, it's a great way of like. I mean, you're right. Like, we don't maybe a hundred percent know who is the good guy and who is the bad guy, apart from Sarah. Yeah, and so that's a really you know that scene divides us, doesn't it? Like, it's it tells us the rules of the game now that. No, because the Terminator does just fire. He's he's just firing on everyone. Yeah. And that whereas Kyle, he actually pushes people out of the way. Yeah. You know, and later in the film as well, he said, you know, when he explains the cyborgs to Sarah, he actually says, you know, he he couldn't even determine whether he still was the Terminator until that very last moment when he did pull up his gun, like yeah. to explain to us how sophisticated these machines have got that they look so human that you, you can't just shoot people. And and so he was telling us he's the good guy by not just firing away in a nightclub and killing people, whereas the Terminator is just like bang, 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 right? Like doesn't care. He's got his objective. So it's a really great scene in that it finally tells us after about 28 minutes, and so it's moving into the second act, really, when mm. you, you and I know about it. Well, yeah, because we're, like, we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're moving into that next where we're moment. we're getting the, the, yeah, the fun and games that the yeah, real... Yeah. Okay, the Terminator's revealed, the chase has started, the That's stakes right. are set. You know, we've been told that this he's going to kill, he's already killed yeah. two Sarah Connors. Yes, yeah. And now we're going to see the results of this. Yeah. So and now we do yeah, know, we know who is right, who's wrong. I've got to jump in here. Cameron, uh, have, having watched also Terminator 2, but in Terminator 1, he has a really great way of capturing um, almost postcard moments. Yes. So like, yeah, the, yeah. like the scene shot up, uh, scene... The shot setup is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Sarah is on the sort of the ground, she's sort of getting up, and Kyrie's reaches down, mm. "Come with me if you want to live." <laughs> yeah. And it's just long enough; it, it lingers just that little yeah. microsecond longer, so it really hits you home. And then she grabs his hand and goes, like, "Yeah." But it doesn't. Uh, he's very good at this because it doesn't uh, overdo it. A lot yeah, of yeah. movies they overdo it. They, they'll say something like. And that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and a little pause for that extra second too long where you sort of go, you're like, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Okay, get the, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Don't stand there. You're posing. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, likewise, when they, you know, get out, you know, he's, he jumps into the truck and he looks at the truck driver and the truck driver sort of looks at him and sees this, you know, horrific. Mangled robot. View. Yeah. And he just says, get out. And the truck driver just doesn't even wait to slow yeah, and just. Just gone. Yeah. He just jumps rolls across the road as the truck's still moving, you know, and, and I'll be back and... Yeah, I'll uh, be back, it's great. Other, other ones where, where Reese is it's like sitting there looking down, and he, I can't remember what he says, he looks up 
Uh, and he, he does his, you know, he has no mercy, no fear, no, he does not get tired yeah. or hungry. He will not sleep. He will continue, yeah. absolutely will not stop until he kills you. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like it's just, it's this real postcard framing mm. and, and the, the two characters, it's almost like you'd have a, like a still image yeah. and have that sound bite Yep. and it would still work. It would work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In number two, uh, we're not talking about number two, we'll talk about it another time, but it's similar sort of things. It's beautiful moments almost mm. captured is is very good at that and yeah uh i think we see it in these other films but this film really has that style yeah 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 and then and that you're all those moments you're talking about like even earlier in the film when they like break in when he breaks into the retail center and he's getting his things and the police like there's a lot of those moments that you're right like they're photos they yeah, could like, just be pure he, photos he grabs the shoes yeah and yeah tests against his thing yeah. as the as Pop the cops in the yeah, uh, like it's very it's very um three D kind of things are going on all mm. at once, and even in that scene that you're saying in the nightclub, um you know Sarah feels like someone's been following, and we know it's Kyle because we've seen him, and there's a moment as the Terminators come in, and he's not paid the you know he's not mm. and he like breaks it. There's actually when it starts to do the slow mo. She suddenly looks up, and you're right. Like there's a moment he misses her. Like they miss the turn, and you're as an audience like, oh, you know, like oh, she's gone away. But it, she then catches Kyle. Yes. Like through the bar mirror or something. Yeah. Like what? what and there's a, a patron walks past. Yeah. And like and there. he's there staring at her, and so she knows that there's this weird guy staring at her, but it's not the Terminator. And again, we as the audience are like, oh no, but hang on, you're maybe staring at the wrong guy. <laughs> like so, that you're exactly right. There's a postcard moment there of. Like and there's an emotional feeling going on, so yeah, you're, you're, that's really um, a pivotal moment, I think. Wow. Okay. So, we <laughs> just move on from that now. Yes, we are. Uh, okay. So, well, let's talk about your favorite sci-fi. What What did you get out of this as as a sci-fi element? Well, apart from that complex idea of a cyborg, yeah. <laughs> I love that um, Reese says they even sweat. Like they, yes. they, you know, like they even well, sweat. Like he, he the says, they're a machine. Had rubber skin. Yeah, the rubber. Easy we, to identify. Yeah, but and it, but the way he describes it, and I don't know exactly the words, but it's like you know, hard metal skeleton, and then they've got flesh and blood and bones and and hair, and and so it's really hard to recognize them. As again, he's talking about that nightclub scene. He didn't know. He couldn't even convince if it, himself that that was the Terminator to the last moment. Um, but it, and and he says like they we they even sweat like you know and you're like far out like that's hardcore isn't it because what's the point of a robot sweating it's a, it's just a disguise, um so that's amazing on its own, but when he talks about time travel so when mm. he's arrested and he's <laughs> Doctor Silverman which. I've got to say, watching it this time, because he's Dr. Silverman is so gross and sleazy in Terminator 2, right? Mm. Like, to Sarah, you know, and we, the audience, are so on Sarah's side, you know. I don't know if you remember. Anyway, we're not talking about Terminator 2 tonight. Um, but I really kind of watched Dr. Silverman closely this time. But when he talks to Kyle all about, you know, his psychosis, about this future and all that kind of stuff... Um, and he actually says, well, you've time travel. Why didn't you bring like weaponry? Why didn't you bring some sort of advanced weaponry? To, why didn't the machine just send know, a bomb? Yeah. Why didn't you do that? He like questions it. And he says, well, it's only organic matter can time travel. And, and then the questioning goes on, but I was like, wow, that's a really like what you and I've watched a whole bunch of movies with space brains. 
a couple of time travel movies. You know, Back to the Future, the car goes back. Doesn't yes. affect well, Doc. The the car has to be used as a frame yeah, as a, to protect the person inside. Pro- yeah, yeah. Whereas in this, Reese is saying it's only organic matter that can actually travel back. Um, yet the Terminator can travel, <laughs> but then he's coated in organic matter. Um, but then that sort of explains that kind of nudity, you know, like traveling and it, and also the pulse, like the pulse they do. You know, when they arrive, it's all lightning and electricity and yeah, um, but I found that a really remarkable idea that it was the the organic matter can time travel. Well, not, as, you know. as a psychiatrist says, because it's a it's a very neat delusion <laughs> because it's all wrapped up that you can't prove anything. No, you it's can't like, prove anything. So there's he's a robot's come back, but it's a robot that looks exactly like like a it's human, indistinguishable from yeah. a human. So we'd have That's to cut it open to realize convenient. it's not. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you can't have any future space guns because. Mm. You can't bring you can't bring them. No, you have to just come back. Yeah, and then also you've destroyed. Well, further to that, you've destroyed the machine in the future, so nothing else is going to come from the future. Yes, Uh, because that's what you know. Kyle says, you know, John blew up the machine after he left. There's not going to be other visitors. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't go back to the future. (laughs) It's a one-way trip. Yeah, it's all very convenient. But but that wasn't the science bit. The science bit to me was. Organic matter can only time travel. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting, interesting that because you, you've got to have your little little rules mm. around some of this science because the I mean it's kind of you can pick holes in this forever. Oh but, yeah, but the fact that these that they do have a a way of wrapping it together is so why a Terminator coming back. Yeah, because if you didn't need something that looked like a human, like mm. you could you, you could, could just send like a bomb, a, a yeah. tank, a back yeah. or something. But I suppose that would. Yeah, draw a lot of attention. Yeah. But you certainly would. Arnie's a bit of a... You could just send a small machine. (laughs) You could, yeah. Which is like a little flying drone sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it would just appear and then buzz around and and search until it found and you would never know it was coming. Yeah, that's right. But maybe maybe the uh, Skynet needs to create like hummingbird terminators with little hummingbird... You know, endoskeletons. Well, I saw, you know, military talking about those autonomous drones and the UN is sort of talking about them being banned in warfare and stuff because they can just, like, send, you know, they're already being able to do it. The technology's there, like, 12 drones in a row that can all drop little bombs and they're only just little machines, aren't Mm. they, drones? And so you could sort of... And they can fly uh, autonomously together so they can be programmed to go on a mission and... Respond well, they, they if one doesn't a bit work. Like landmines. And, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if what if you lose control of them? That's so, right. Because this is the problem with landmines. Yeah. Is, uh, you plant them all about the place, and they've said, "Yeah, you can do that, but you can only do it as a defensive tactic mm. in your own territory, and you got to have a map, and they've got to have a timed detonation, and you know, you yeah, you've got to have all of these safety nets around it. Whereas, because previously, like the Vietnam War, for example, yeah, yeah. there's a tendency of just Chucking them out, like dropping yeah. them from airplanes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they just sink into rice paddies and God knows where else. And no one knows where they are. Yeah, yeah. They're still finding them today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Autonomous drones. Yeah, that's cool. You send this swarm off. Uh, you lose internet connection. Wi-Fi goes down. <laughs> and they go on around their auto orders and yeah. drop bombs on the wrong people. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Who knows what happens to them, you know. Or, ugh. So what's one science fiction thing or uh, creativity thing that you're up to at the moment? Uh, creatively wise. Well, I'm trying to come up with a short video version of Space Brains. Yes. So short video format. Um, 
because there's a number of platforms which take various lengths. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've sort of talked about having a just video of the podcast itself. That's probably quite a handy feature for people to have a mm-hmm. different way of getting it, but uh, a separate show. So I'm looking at something like maybe we talk about short films mm-hmm. because then we can have a very short, to the point, two-minute, <laughs> two-minute, five-minute discussion. What? Not our three-hour episode? This is why it's going to be scripted. <laughs> so like, fully, like we've got... Make a, me... We've Mark, got, what's your answer? Here's three words. We've got an outline for Space Rains, but I mean, if we're talking about two minutes, three minutes, yeah. five minutes of a show... Yes, I'm trying to come up with a script that would fit in there, but still provide you know something useful. Yeah, fair something enough. that you want to listen to. You go, oh, okay. Mm. Um, I was thinking TV shows episodes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. but I'm now thinking actually short films because TV series, um, you know, I think we'll move to that. Mm. But short films are great because it can be one-off individual items. Yeah, which. And we, we can, you know, pick something that showcases a particular topic or idea or, or point. Um, you know, story or, or character or, or, you know, science, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that way, yeah, so I'm ho- hopefully we can, I can get a, a couple of these scripts together and then I'll even let you write some of your own lines. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd cool. be nice. <laughs> um, they'll all get cut. First here, I'm hearing up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hi. Mark. <laughs> that's right. And that's all we have time for you. <laughs> okay, so so that's what I'm looking at. Um, awesome, sounds cool. Hopefully, I can get that, get a couple of things, out and we can do a bit of a pilot and mm. see see what it takes to do. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Um, and we will get on top of doing some video recordings of Space Brains anyway, and putting them out there as well. Yes, yeah. yes, that will be coming shortly. Yeah, there's there's surprisingly more logistics than you'd expect. <laughs> well, it's coming, it's coming. It's yeah. just we're we're ticking the boxes off because we are also planning that film festival. We've been talking about it for a few weeks now, a few episodes. Uh, it's plotting along closely. If you're listening to it now, you might have. No, you'd still be within the early bird deadline yep. of uh, submitting a feature film like Terminator, James. If you want to submit it, you could. We'll make no, you can't actually. No, you can't. I think we'll no, you can't. No, you no, can't I do would. it, James. Sorry. <laughs> I would still let him out. <laughs> James, you can come to the event, all right? You can buy a ticket, all right? You can buy yeah. a ticket. You're welcome to come. Uh, Terminator is probably going to be I've a little say, bit though, before if the we day. we could have even a five-minute film... Of James Cameron going to the bus stop. Yeah. We could still advertise Space Brains Film Festival. We could. Featuring a new unseen f- short film by James Cameron. Yeah. That would that would be fine. And then like we'd show it and people would go, that's quite underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, Avatar 2 is in the works. I mean, maybe he wants to premiere it at Space Brain, something that's like that. science fiction I think it's science fiction, isn't it, Avatar? Sort of. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll make, we'll, we'll say it is. Yeah, Go I think so. It. So, yeah, the film festival's coming along uh, May 2022. You can make a short film, a feature film. You can be international. You can be extremely local like us in Mandra. And there's different categories. We welcome you to submit your films. The early bird category is uh, closing uh, soon, but there's many more categories or deadlines up until about March in 2022. So you've got plenty of time in a way, but if you want to get in on one of the early ones, save a few dollars and also just kind of get it all done and ready to go. Uh, yeah, we welcome and, your submissions. And the film screening will be in a 
Honest to Goodness Theatre at the Mandarin yep. Performing Arts Centre. Yep, the Fish Trap Theatre. Full on, like, you know, stadium seating and a proper screen and yep. great sound. There will be at least you and I there. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll bring our families along. So we will. Like- so there'll be, a, there'll be a group of people actually watching your film. So we have had a few submissions, quite a few Australian. We'd love some international ones jumping on board, which would be fabulous to see. And uh, The um, feature film we've received is We have received a feature film that was international, which is We're looking forward to a fab. few more feature yeah. films as the year rolls on. We are, yes. we are. So there'll be more details of that. Keep, stay tuned, look on our website, socials, find out more, yeah. Okay, well then, what about this film? So what film? Should, what film say? are we talking about? What? What are you talking about? I thought I, I was just here to be guess, interviewed about. I guess this podcast <laughs> has now been... Terminated. Oh, terminated. Terminated. Exterminated, terminated the whole lot. Yeah, Terminator. So who wrote 1984. Well, we've, we've mentioned James Cameron. As I said, uh, Gail and her producer did some editing and William Wisher, additional dialogue. He uh, wrote Terminator 2. And he, yeah. And oh. he also um, wrote Judge Dredd, the Stallone version in oh, the 90s. I like that one. Maybe we should do that one um, Yeah, yeah. I liked it too at the time. I haven't, not, I think I saw it once in the 90s and then that was it. Uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I remember back then. And, um, oh, another one. Another one. Another big 90s one. He was a bit of a minor actor, a bit of an actor, you know, like a minor actor in, in some of those Hollywood films as well. Sort of similar things. So, yeah. Um, but as we mentioned before, James came up with the idea in Rome and, you know, developed it uh, for many moons. His idea originally was horror, but it kind of kept coming across uh, um, to the uh, action kind of sci-fi kind of realm as as we know uh, it it was Orion production company came on board as the funders um, it was interesting he to get this one off the ground he um, Lance Hengridson came into the pitching room as the Terminator and he oh. got him to go in ahead of him as in whenever the meeting was scheduled, Lance turned up and pretended to be the Terminator. Like, I'm taking over. I'm going to blow you all to bits, right? And uh, then James came in and said, no, no, this is he is the Terminator, and he explained who he was and um, and then, you know, pitched the story. Sold it. Low really budget. Lance. Yeah. He's not very intimidating looking. No, I don't think so. But he's an actor, so he might have just put it on. He had a leather jacket, the whole idea. Um, and, and it sold. So there's a bit of an idea when you want to pitch a TV or a movie show. I should so. tell the producers I'm going to kill them. <laughs> Threatened to kill them with the Terminator. If you don't buy my film, I know where you live. I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> That's right, you got to sleep sometime. No, just blow them apart in their offices, you know, unless they're going to pay you. So um, that that's a, one little bit, and he got the funding. It was going to be a low-budget uh, film. Also, even when it came out to be released, uh, it was one of those things that it was kind of released in the cinema screenings, not during their big summertime blockbusters, not at the Christmas time sort of success. But it was in between, and, and uh, James Cameron said, well... It's better to be like a big fish in a little pond <laughs> rather yes. than kind of putting it up against the big films because uh, uh, they ended up doing quite well, well critically and commercially. Which one was it? Uh, Last Action Hero went up against yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. Like, like no. Yeah. <laughs> Last Action Hero, uh, fun movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, uh, it was fun. I think my, my kids are going to love it. Uh, mm. I love the soundtrack. I got oh, the, soundtrack. the soundtrack's awesome, eh? And, uh, ACDC. but you know, up against Jurassic Park, which is, yeah. you know, just no, they're, they're two different films. Yeah. No. Well, the problem with something like Last Action Hero as well is like, 
if you're a diehard action hero, it's kind of like funny, and then it's hard to know. I am I laughing at myself? You know, like, and that's the thing with even Arnie. You're kind of like, hang on, are you taking the piss out of action films? Like, I, as someone that's a cinema goer, someone that likes film, I can kind of get the joke, mm. but I can understand an audience going. Yeah, but this is kind of like stupid, right? Whereas I want him to be the Terminator. Like I want, you know, and this is what happens with some actors. So you're like, no, I want you to blow the living shit out of people. I don't want you to like joke about blowing the living shit out of people. And then you yeah. don't want the action to be so, like that's the thing in Last Action Hero. There's some action scenes that are like a bit, stu- you know, they're so far-fetched that you go, oh, hang on. Yeah, come on. I I've loved got- it. I was an Arnie fan. Yeah. Still am. I've watched, I can't, I've, I've watched 23 of his films. Now, but hang on. Here's a, here's a thing. In that, he goes into a video store and yes. Sylvester Stallone is the Terminator. Yeah, I love that. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's our connection. Uh, so, Arnie signed on to be Terminator. Again, it was one of those things that I think you mentioned Conan before. I'm, I read online they had to hold schedule of this because Arnie was doing Conan and he, his agent didn't want to let him go to do this or something. There was some sort of confusion over that. Um, Linda Hamilton sprained her ankle the week this was to begin shooting. So all the scenes where she's running and stuff, they had to push out instead of having them at the start of the shooting schedule. Oh, I can tell you as a filmmaker, shooting schedules like, Oh, it's a nightmare. You could imagine that you'd be like, Oh yeah, great. Just break your ankle. We're about to get you to run all over the place. Um, and she was in pain the whole time. They said that basically with this, with this broken ankle. And when they cast Michael, is it Michael? Bane. Bane. Yeah. I I thought it was Bane. Yeah. When they cast him, James had, Real, they had a lot of problems casting this this actor because, um, and he didn't want to do it. He'd he'd done a couple yeah, of other high prize. He was sort of saying that there was this uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going like kind of this schlocky, big yeah. meaty dude. Like he's going, that's who they've got attached to this film. Yeah, like that's because Conan was doing well in the theaters, mm. cinemas, but it's still it's kind of a bit of a schlock film. You know, mm. it's not yep, yep. serious. And Michael Bane's a fairly serious actor. Yeah. And yeah, he, he recalls sort of going, oh, I'm just, no, I'm not really convinced about it, but his, his, uh, man- his manager, his agent mm. managed to sort of point out, well, you know, it's a romance film and like, yeah. you, you really sell that well. You're a good looking guy, you yep. intense eyes. This is where you want to go and where you want to yeah. be. And let's face it. Arnie is, is a bodybuilder. He can't act and he can't do, he can't talk. <laughs> You're gonna. You you will be the actor, yeah. And it's you. You will be the hero of this sort of science fiction romance movie, which mm. is going to put you right where you want to be. Yeah. And so Michael Bain, I think, yeah. So when, okay, look, I'll I'll give it a shot. Mm. Uh, he says he was pretty happy because he got on really well with Linda Hamilton mm. and also James Cameron. Uh, it was, in fact, he went on to do Aliens with James yes. Cameron. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, no, and I read that he um, James is a bit the same that they. They had a lot of actors and he's like, he's got such a short time frame to basically not only convince Linda or Sarah to convince Sarah that, you know, like this is real. And then also secondly, basically fall in love with her. Yes, (laughs) He's got like a few scenes to convince everyone to do that. When he says, uh, I traveled back through time for you. Yeah, for you. And you you could be like, he needs to deliver that with sincerity he does yeah, so that yeah. you don't could go oh, mm. really <laughs> I know I think these days women would be a bit like eh, 
I don't think so. Really? Why'd you? That's a lot of effort. That's a lot that's, of effort. That's a no. lot of pressure you're putting it's on. It's a lot of pressure you put on this relationship what before we've even had a day, you know, like, yeah. yeah. What if it turns out, you know, we don't like each other? Yeah. So, but she falls for it. She she loves it. So, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Um, and also Lance, again, James had to have a role for him and the only role he could give him was the detective role because he basically pitched the movie with him, you yes. know. So, uh, it was filmed in LA. The budget was pretty small. Like, you know, it was a reasonable budget, was, but it was pretty small, about six and a half mil, they say. And um, But then it, it, it did really well, 65 mil over time. Uh, US and globally. So, yeah, huge success and it spawned this franchise, TV, novels, graphic, comics, T-shirts. A whole bunch of knockoff films. Yeah, and I mean, Arnie has said that line that he couldn't say, I'll be back. He, he didn't want to say it. He yeah. fought with Cameron about this line and um, and yet he said it in multiple films, <laughs> probably in Last Action Hero. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, you know, he said it multiple oh, no, he times. Muffs it in that. Last Action Hero. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to say it and he was muffing it when they shot this, apparently. Um, the other thing that was interesting was that I just saw online was Stan Winston, great special effects artist, but reasonably well unknown, right? And they approached a different graphic artist who read this script and was like, Ugh. Terrible. Which seemed to be the response. A lot of people in Hollywood read this script and they didn't like it, right? And even even as I'm talking like it's got funding, it's moving, it's going yeah. to production. And he handed it over to his friend Winston, who then Winston came up with the you know, the way the sort of Terminator kind of looks and they spent six months building that puppet out of metal and things that, you know, we see at the end of the film. And Cameron really cleverly, uh, there's that scene where, you know, when he comes out of the fire and he then starts like hobbling after them. And he really wanted it. Like they started shooting it with the robot and the, he felt it wasn't realistic enough. So they actually got Arnie to hobble, do the hobble. You know, like yeah. what would the Terminator do here if, if you weren't burnt? <laughs> and they got Arnie to do the hobble and then they just replicated it. And then Cameron was pretty happy with it. And I think there's, there's a lot of value in that. You see the, you know, the foot joints, don't you? Really hobbling along that floor towards... Sarah and as they break into the factory it's and like, stuff. It's like a terrifying metal skeleton. It is, it out. is. It's great, it's great. So they, they, and I think, you know, and Stan Winston's gone on, he's many, many creature effects. Google him, he's a great Hollywood special effects artist. So let's jump into the story. It's 2029. Sorry, this creeps me out a little bit now. It's not far off. <laughs> it's, it's not, not far, far off. off. Um, and we do know that this film doesn't talk about it, but I watched the... Oh, is it the Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. uh, the TV show? And in that, do you remember what they say in that starts at all? See, in this... Um, no, I, I never watched it. Ah, in this movie, he says there's a nuclear bomb and he, he feels it's the defense computers, whatever. In that, Skynet, they say, is when, and we're already doing this because we do it in Perth, Main Roads does it. And so in Sarah Connor's, oh. they say it's when they take over the algorithms of the traffic lights is the birth of Skynet. Ah. and about planning like traffic control is the birth of Skynet and that's what they do in Sarah Connor and so there's an episode where Skynet like starts shutting down all the traffic signals and stuff like that it's actually quite an interesting TV show that one so go back watch it um, but yeah so this starts in 2029 <laughs> I must admit seeing that year I was a bit like ah it's not far away it's coming so we jump from uh, 2029 we're seeing kind of this Devastated oh, the, the place. Thing crushing the skulls. Crushing the skulls. Soldiers shooting them. You know, there's something in the sky. 
And then it jumps pretty rapidly to 1984, I think 1am or something. And there's a, there's a good old 80s rubbish truck dumping stuff. Because, yeah, yeah, at first it's... Because uh, my kids, again, watching it with the kids, they, they just spew out every response. What the hell is this? And it's like, the you know, because this robotic arm came down. Freaking and, out. And like, for a moment, for a moment, and then it's like, oh, oh, this isn't... This, yeah, this is oh okay. You know, this is the, this is just a rubbish truck. You're like, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure that's what James is going for. He's going like here's transitioning, the, yeah, here's between the machines. Thing, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give you an idea that there's we've got machines around us all the time. He does that quite well a couple of times. That um, you know, later it's like when Reese uh, sees that construction machine and then he flashes back, doesn't he? To, yeah, the treaded. Yeah, that, the treads the and stuff. And so yeah. yeah, which is interesting because Terminator is all about the evolution of robots as well and cyborgs and stuff, right? So it's supposed to be that it might be just a garbage truck is the start. Yeah, or, or you know that tracked hunter killer thingo. Yeah. Well, it, it could have been using a, a construction vehicle base yeah. chassis. I mean, yeah. why not? Yep. Yep. The Skynet had these factories. Yep. And some of them. Yeah, they're not all military factories. No, no. Uh, That's yes, right. But the the garbage truck, yeah, goes down. We get some crackling and the lightning, electricity. We see what the hell, and then we cut, and we just sort of see this naked like, Arnie, naked Arnie <laughs> slowly stand here like a. And you know that Arnie has done this like yeah. on stage yeah. for his bodybuilding, mm. and so he just he does that. He just uncurls and sort of stands so beautifully smoothly, mm. rigidly. He does. And he uh, wanders over nude in, and he overlooks LA, right? And you like, see his doodle. You do. You do. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> really? So pause it if you want to pause it and see on his doodle. And uh, yeah, he surveys LA, you know, LA, like at night. Yes. Um, and anyway, that's, there we have this great punks joking, classic, drinking. Classic 80s yeah. bad guys. Yes. They're such bad guys, aren't they? You know, the leather jackets, the hair's all up, they're being assholes to each other. The funny thing is, of course, I love I these have punks. Hung, hung, and I know you have as well. Hung out with a lot of punks and so forth. Yeah, me and too. They're actually really very nice. They are. These ones are never nice in the 80s. No, no, in the 80s, they're always the bad guys. <laughs> always the bad guy. Um, and I do want to say here that even with the rubbish truck and where these guys are doing LA, and we see it sort of in this opening first 10, 20 minutes, it's really dirty. It's full of rubbish. People are not nice. Even the police are kind of shitty to each other. Everything seems a bit shitty. I don't, did you get that feeling? Like everything's yeah, like dirty and grimy and I I, there's a lot I of rubbish. I didn't and, pay particular yeah, attention I, I because 80s, particularly 80s films portrayed things. Like, I mean, yeah, they did. Predator 2 portrays the 90s LA as being a, well, much like 1991 mm. LA yeah, yeah. but I guess maybe are they sort of pinpointing that we're heading down a dodgy path? Oh, it's, you know, it, like, is, it is showing you know, a bit of bit of the uh, the tarnish on the yeah. On the, um, Again, we're not in one angels. of these. We're not in one of these like futuristic Apple assholes where everything's white and glowy. <laughs> and yeah. Steve Jobs and is everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's kind of like the opposite. It's it's we're not heading in the right way as a society. I think. No. Yeah. We get Bill Paxton. He goes, "Yeah, night, nice night for a walk." Eh? Yeah. <laughs> in that sort of manic voice that Bill Paxton does, he does. And Arnie just repeats the line back to him, uh, and then they, you know, uh, he rips his heart out. Basically, yeah, stabs him with it. They all pull out flick knives yeah. because you know that's what you just do. That's what you did in the eighties. You had flick knives. You saw some naked dude. You you just try and stab him. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and he does away with several of them, I suppose, and takes yeah, the clothes. He does. And uh, there's, then there's this other guy shows up again. It's, he's naked, but he's uh, scrawny. And, and he sort of drops on the ground. He drops on the ground. And struggles <laughs> yeah. up. Not and this it, nice, smooth, you know, muscular movement. No, and it's almost like he's cooked a little bit as yeah. well. Like he's just been cooking or burnt or, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but then very quickly uh, we learn that he's quite quick and agile and kind of, you know, street smart, I suppose. He scurries off. He, he does much the same thing. He gets clothes. He steals clothes from a homeless man. Um, this time the police rock up and they bloody come in heavy on this guy. Oh. Don't they? I mean, there's like six cop cars, I think. And um, Some dude just stole some pants off a homeless guy. Get him! Kill him! As opposed to like, <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, homeless guy. Here's like... Some pants. Some we, new we, pants, we, yeah. We keep spares in the truck because you never know when you come across someone who needs something. Yeah. yeah wrap a blanket around yourself, whatever, yeah. you know. No, 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 no we're going to take this sucker down. That's right. Yeah, so... And then this, the police chase this guy. He goes into a clothes store um, and kind of escapes them, gets some clothes, trench gets the coat, trench coat, shoes. idea, shoes, the Nikes. Uh, the Nikes? Yeah, the yes, Nikes. Uh, it distinctly shows the swoosh on there. It does. And it, it shows us... He, he does that shot a couple of times in the film. Like, he shows those shoes. So I don't know if they sponsored Terminator or not. That's a good question, James. Let us know. Hit T- us up. T2 was definitely Pepsi. Yeah. Like, this number of really obvious Pepsi placements. It's a bit offensive, actually, kind of how obvious they were. Yeah. Wayne's Worldish. <laughs> but it's a nice uh, shot sequence where... Like we said before, he gets the kind of trench coat off the off the coat hanger as the police come by with tor- you know torches, and he runs up the stairs, and a cop kind of shines the the light up the stairs, and he's just sort of escaping them all, and he gets out the front, and he actually like goes into the cop car and takes the shotgun, and and then just walks down the street. Yeah, that's gonna be a bit naughty on the cops leaving a shotgun. I know, leaving the, the door <laughs> to take a shotgun. How easy is it to get a shotgun? Well, it's the eighties. Yeah, that's right. Things were unlocked. Um, and he goes to a phone booth, booth, and he looks phone. First of all, phone booths, and yeah, phone they've got bo- the and pa- and phone bo- white pages. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes down. He rips out a page that has Sarah Connor. We see Sarah Connor's name a few times, um, which then cuts to this young woman. She's on a moped, rocks up at like a restaurant, a burger place. What does she say? Look after the bike, hot buns, or something like that, to the statue. Oh, yes. Holding the two buns. Yes. So, yeah, anyway. And she's trying to keep up. It's really busy. And then this, like, typical 80s kid puts ice cream in her pocket. Oh, yes. And has the tip. She's having a really bad day. She's having a shit day, like, yeah. It's a little bit over the top of how shit it is. Yeah. We then cut to Kyle. He's sawing off the end of the shotgun, sawing off shotgun yeah, of it. Yeah. And then that way he can have it in the trench coat and you can't really sort of notice it. Um, and, he, and he heads down the street. Um, we then cut to Terminator walks into a gun shop and he's just listing off gun after gun again, after gun. How much more sophisticated is the, the Terminator? He just yeah. goes to a gun shop, you know, like the tactical 9mm yeah. laser sight. Yeah. <laughs> there's a Uzi, yeah. Uzi 9mm, uh, the Beretta mm. auto shotgun. 
plays face plasma rifle in a 40 watt range. <laughs> yeah, only like, what you see, sir. Only what you see. And he's like handling them all really, you know, he knows what he's doing. And then the guy's like, oh, well, you know, you might have to, you have to wait 15 days for the handguns or something like yeah. that, but you can take the rifles. And with that, he's just loading up a shotgun. He's like, oh, no, you actually can't. Look. Boom. Yeah. Just blows him away. Why would you have these shells? Just there on the. Because, on because the surely Terminator is not the first one to think of doing no. this. No. Yeah, can I have a look at that shotgun place? Yeah, that's nice. Now give me the rest. Yes. But anyway. I think then at the restaurant... Uh, no, sorry, that's not the right. The Terminator then goes up Go, to, the, to phone the phone booth himself. There's yeah. a big burly guy on the phone to his mum or something. Yeah. And he just like pulls him out and throws him across the room or whatever. And, hey! Uh, hey, man. I know. Hey, asshole. He doesn't do much about no, it. Like, no. Why would you? No. I don't think you do much. And uh, yeah, he looks up Sarah Connor. And takes yes. in those details, and he goes. You see him goes. He goes to this house, and this poor woman opens the door, and he just kind of blows is it, her away. Is it Sarah Connor? So, yes, yes. Yes. Who are you? And he just pushes the door and smashes the latch off. Yeah. And then unloads a pistol at point blank range. Yeah. And he, he and then shoots a few more times yeah, when she's on the that's ground. That's right. Make sure she's dead. Yes. And this is where then back at the restaurant, the other waitresses are kind of saying to Sarah, "Oh, you know, you're dead. You're dead. You're being murdered." Bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, that's not nice. No, it's not nice at all. But they, t- they take her out and show her the news where the name is revealed that this dead woman is Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. And Sarah Connor kind of, she doesn't look terribly concerned, but she's no, like, oh, that is, that is kind of creepy. Yeah. Because let's face it, you, you're bound to share a name with someone. Like, you are. I don't share a name with anyone who's died. But I barely share a name with anyone who's lived. <laughs> Famously like this, died from a Terminator. Executed. Yes, that, that is true. The Terminator's name was Surrey as well, oddly enough. <laughs> Weird coincidence. The only three Surreys in the world, one of them a Terminator, one a mm. victim, and me. I think the way they report this is very um, 80s American-styled news. I, don't, I mean, I can't exactly put my finger on what they would have done here in Perth, but um, I, recently I watched that doco about the LA, was it the LA Strangler or whatever? And they had a lot of that. And that was all during the late 70s, 80s in LA. And, and it was that same sort of news coverage, the way they did it in this. Mm. And I did, because I, they showed a lot of that real news coverage in that doco, you know. Kyle, Kyle's stealing a car and he's at a construction site. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he starts it, he kind of gets it going and he then starts looking at the machines at the construction site, the treads, and he, I suppose, has a bit of a blank out, flash forward yeah, moment. It's a, it's a great way of introducing some science fiction future fighting. Yeah. Which is great because there's this, um, and, and they really made their budget go a long way with this, I think. Cause it, I think so. As it, it still stacks up. Like, uh, admittedly, the, the weird treaded thing with like guns on it that was flying about the place. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit wobbly, but not much. But it was, as I said, mm. if you still showed that today, you'd, you'd be convinced. Yeah. And and there's, there's a lovely little car chasing where it's doo-doo-doo-doo, like little doo-doo guns, which I'm still not <laughs> convinced why we would replace perfectly good you know, projectile weapons with Pew pew, sort of <laughs> weapons. But anyway, it's just to make him look futuristic. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Like probably, lasers probably saves on spe- on um, weapons training. And you know, if you don't have any real ammunition, you just have to have something that looks like a gun. Yeah, and then you just paint the little zaps in. Afterwards. Zaps in, yeah, much easier. And it, so it's a whole crash, isn't it? Where he sort of just survives and he's burnt. 
Yeah, he's burnt in a car crash. Face, yeah. yeah, and uh, his partner's dead. But they, they did t- take down a robot as well, didn't they? They took down a machine. Yeah. They, they yeah so they had a bit of success. Yeah, and then th- then we kind of cut to this police station where this is where Lance comes in and he's a detective. <laughs> the detectives don't seem to give a shit. They're all smoking. The captain doesn't seem to give a shit either. And uh, they he says, oh, you know, there's these two murder homicides. One is another county. And he's like, yeah, well, like, why should I care about this? And he's like, well, look at the names. I thought that would be pretty obvious, wouldn't it? Like, if you hand in someone two files, like, right at the top, it would say Sarah Connor, Sarah well, Connor. Well, mind but... you, during the 70s and 80s, there were a lot of serial killers. Yeah, about the that's place. right. There was a lot. So you got all the normal murders and yeah. death and gun and uh, gang violence and so forth. On top of that, you also had these serial killers. Yes, you did. I've been yeah. listening to a couple other podcasts about these serial killers. Yeah, yeah. And it's some crazy ass yeah, well, stuff going on. That's what I said about that Night Stalker guy in mm. LA. Like, you know, and they sort of joke about it here, don't they? Because they say, oh, what will the press call this guy? The, mm. the, the name, the phone booth, uh, killer or something like that, you know? And, and it was like that in the Night Stalker. They talk about that, that they'd had these couple of serial killers in LA alone. And, and again, I think unlike here in Australia, their police system is probably very different now because of, computers but it was almost like someone could die in one county and then in other counties they didn't really know yeah so in terms of serial killers they didn't necessarily know and but by counties you're kind of talking about like mandra and perth like it's not like these huge districts yeah people like would because they had totally separate like um, police filing yeah systems. filing systems and that's it different, yeah different police who didn't coordinate or they never caught yeah they didn't very commu- well yeah yeah so yeah you You've you've got these people doing a uh, spree of crimes, mm. traveling across the country. Yeah, yeah. And often they would get a quite a long way because it's just like, yeah, oh, I robbed a bank and shot someone. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And then like, but not the realizing next, he's the next done that. Along, <laughs> it's happened again. Yeah, yeah. And the next ten along has happened, and but they don't if, realize that if they know they would have gone. Well, let's see, he did it here today, and yeah. the next day he did it there. The next yeah. day he did it there. He's traveling on this road yeah. in the next town. There. <laughs> just go to that town there and just look for these these people. two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was a um and that yeah that there's been another victim that you know we haven't seen another Sarah Connor. So now there's two Sarah yeah, Connors died off screen. Worst way to die. Yes, <laughs> you don't even get shown. <laughs> That's not funny, but I just only <laughs> just only seemed funny. Um, anyway, and then Sarah and her friend uh, Ginger. Ginger. Uh, I thought it was Ginger. Uh, they're getting ready. Girls' night out, doing their hair up. Totally eighties. Oh, teasing and teasing and teasing their hair. And for <laughs> the some perm. Reason, we keep seeing this lizard. We do. They have a pet lizard. I'm, I'm not sure why this lizard was so important. But no, but it was important. It, it was it important to James in, Cameron. It appears in multiple scenes in this movie, which is quite crazy. Yeah, I guess it's. Yeah, I don't. I I thought about that myself. It's it a weird. Really do anything. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't add tension. Doesn't I'm save the day. Was it one of the actors? Yeah. Pets. James. Or was it pe- in the apartment? Yeah, it just came with and the like apartment. They couldn't get rid of it. It's in the shot now. It's in the shot. Yeah. And the boyfriend calls and uh, says to Sarah, "He's not coming over. He's not going out." So she just wants to go out on her own and yeah. um, leave Ginger and her boyfriend together. And we have this nice moment that she leaves and she kind of gives the impression like she kind of looks around like someone's watching her. Yeah, and we, we don't know really who's watching her. She's creeps from the yeah. fact that this person's killed Sarah Connors. And so she goes out. Yeah. And then the detective is saying, and I liked this because quite often, you know, I think this goes back to your timing, is that sometimes in these sort of shows, I even watched something the other night and it felt like, 
well, you just get off the train, get off the train. You know, like the mm. bad guys, the bad guys are right there and they're just like, they're arguing, you know, and you're like, get off the bloody train. Um, but here is nice that the detective and captain, like he, he, the detective says, oh, I've rung her a couple of times. He's like, ring her again. And he's like, oh, that's good. Because quite often in these films and TV shows, you're like, oh, we haven't rung them. Or, you know, in a horror film, it's yeah, like, well, would- you send a police car around to their house and check them out. That, you know, in this case, the captain's like, ring her again, leave a message, ring it, where else could she be? No, no one's picking, no, ring her again right now, you know? Yeah. And um, so it was good that that was going on. Then they were debating what to say to the press and et cetera. And when we cut from the detectives ringing the phone, we see that they've been having sex, playing music, so they're kind of skipping the phone calls. They're listening to the Walkman. My, yeah. my kids ask, what is that? What, <laughs> what is it they've got? And like, yeah, first of all, like, there's a headphones at the time. Mm. You don't see this touch style headphones. No, no. Now it's either earbuds yeah. or like full, like, on, full on princess layer yeah. headpieces. Yeah. So you're exactly right. Yeah. I'm glad you're educating them on that. Uh, stuff from the eighties that will never be seen ever again. The I white love, pages. Did they, did they also say what the hell were that? No, no, they've seen that enough. They've seen that in other shows. Okay. You don't really see that in shows now, but do you like you, d- you just don't see white because why? No, exactly. <laughs> Phones with, Cords. Phones with cords, yeah. Which is one of the funny things about Napoleon Dynamite where these phones with these massive long, yeah, cords, long cords. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Terminator rocks up though to yeah. the last Sarah Connor on the list and he kicks his way in and... Wakes up the boyfriend. Yeah, like, you know, Ginger's gotten up and, and is making a sandwich but she's still listening to music so she can't hear. She can't hear the anything. Boyfriend goes, oh, hey, what's going on? And sees the Terminator and attacks... He puts up a valiant struggle. He does, actually. He's not going to do much, really. Now, let's just pause there. I mean, they are not noise-cancelling headphones, are they? <laughs> so she yeah. must have had that music up loud. That was, well, that was the trend of the time. It was. To damage your hearing. If you weren't damaging <laughs> your hearing, what good Have it so it? loud that they are noise-cancelling, as in you'll never hear anything ever again. And then she turns up and gets shot. And just gets blown. He just blows her. The little lizard, whatever the lizard's name was, turns up again as the he does. Terminator scans it and goes to point his gun at it. But guess well, it's a lizard. I don't really care. It's not. It's not part of the mission parameter. Uh, and then the Terminator's like, going, oh, it's, a, "It's a good job, well done, well done." And the phone rings, beep, and it's Sarah. Connor. Sarah, hey Ginger, mm. this is Sarah. And the Terminator suddenly stops and looks very interested. And then she says, yeah, I'm, I'm some creepy dude's following me. I can't get through to the cops. I'm at Tech Noir <laughs> on, the, on some street, she says. Yeah. Which is like, oh, man. You're just giving Why it Why do away. people keep doing this? Like, I know. Because she does it again. She calls her mum, tells yeah. her where she is. Oh, really? <laughs> you didn't learn the last time? Right. So anyway, the Terminator hears that and off he goes. And she's in Tech Noir because she's been followed by Kyle. And she finally manages to get in touch with the police. She does. They tell her, yeah, I guess somewhere you know, popular with, with people. Because, you know, that would stop a, most people it would. from doing it. Yeah, and that's what they're thinking. But not Terminators. Yeah, and he says police will be there in a hot minute, I think he a says. Hot <laughs> a hot minute. I'll, I'll have a dispatch there in a hot minute. Moist minute. <laughs> Whatever that means. They're dunking their donuts. I did think that five minutes later when after this next scene all happens, there's that one scrawny cop shows up. I mean, yeah. Like, didn't you think this guy is about to blow her away and you send one little junior cop to pick well, her up? the thing is though, and again, to be fair, if you, you look at your serial killers of the time, yeah. and in general, serial killers are not these brave... They're not aunties. They're not these huge, big blokes. No. 
murderers they they prey on vulnerable yeah. weak people yep. at moments of vulnerability where they're on the alone and a number of times they've been you know they think this little woman will be easy game mm. yeah and uh well, i was listening to the weeping weeping voice killer yeah, is this dude right. who would call the cops and apologize and and say, "I've killed someone," <laughs> and yeah, so he he he's tried to yeah he pick up a prostitute uh, yeah. and in the car and the prostitute of course not being a complete idiot because mm. uh, she went you know this guy doesn't mm, not so sure about this yeah, yeah. so she took a um, a bottle with her uh, and yeah so when he started to get a bit. I'm gonna kill you, kill you, sort of. <laughs> I'm gonna get killy with you. Uh, yeah, she smashed him in the face with a bottle, and then mm. of course he didn't like the Terminator. Immediately pick her up and chuck her about the place. He got out of the car and cried and went running home and <laughs> called for an ambulance. You know, like yeah. like historically, um, serial killers are not brave, powerful people. No. They're, they're usually the exact opposite: mm. cowardly and and um, weak. Like, that's why they're serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd probably be movie actors. Yeah. <laughs> TV executives, whatever. But as a result, um, one cop comes to turn up. But Arnie, of course, just opens up his machine gun. And yeah. There's a Blows the nightclub depart. And, of course, the 80s continuing the or beginning the fashion of the, the shotgun being this incredibly powerful cannon, mm. which yeah. would knock people aside. Yeah. The Mythbusters, of course, have, have demonstrated this and logic would tell you that if it can knock a person over, you know, equal and opposite reactions, the shotgun would knock you over when they you would. try to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that aside, we love the shotguns in the 80s because they'd blow people through glass windows. Yeah. And Luckily, because the Terminator got knocked over from this and would kind of get a little bit stunned. He did. He sort of sits on the ground uh, assessing, assessing. It knocked him up. for six, yeah. Uh, just enough time for Sarah and you know to go because she wanted to live. Well, come with me if you want to survive. <laughs> That's Terminator Two. That's Terminator. <laughs> Terminator in Terminator Two, Arnie says that one. Arnie says it, but in this one, Carl says, "Come with me if you want to survive." Quickly, <laughs> and they they pierce off. They do, but it's it, but also what's great there is we we mentioned earlier that. It's a pivotal scene in kind of you know now that Kyle's on her side succinctly. He's the good guy. Yeah. Arnie's the bad guy. And then also you've risen the, you've made the stakes go up a notch because you've he's blown him over with a shotgun. Mm. He falls over, but then he just gets back up. Yeah. So you're straight away then as an audience going, Well, he's not man, he's something else. He's, so like he's you've powerful. Yeah, he's a very powerful person. And then right after that they flee, they jump in the car. And Arnie runs out of the club and he just jumps on the front of the car. Yeah. And so there, and then this guy's fanging out. And this is where, you know, I was mentioning earlier the action in this film, it doesn't stop, does it? Like, mm. there all these action sequences are some of the best stuff. When I was a little boy, like, the, this film really ups the ante of action, I felt. Um, and Arnie's on top of the car and he, like, starts smashing through that front window, even though they're fanging it down the road. And he um and he actually even grabs her right like and he's pulling her towards him, trying to get her yeah. like through the window and um uh, Kyle slams on the brakes and swerves the car so that he's like flung off the front right and again even in that action that's when the cop shows up he's like oh it's been a hit and run you know <laughs> and um Arnie then just gets up again so again you're thinking straight away like what I love about that is you 
this is like the turning, you know, coming into act two of the story. But it's like, yeah, the Terminator is a freaking beast that's not just going to go down. Like, and yeah. that's the thing I remember. I didn't, I didn't think it so much this time. But you start thinking, I think, as the audience, you're like, yeah, what's actually going to take him down? What, like, what's it going to take? Like, if, like it's going to take direct, a lot. Yeah. Direct blows. So we saw he got stabbed at the start, but it was just sort of in the shoulder and. You kind of get okay. That's yeah, well, not terribly exciting. Yeah. But here uh, he's had a shotgun. He's been flung off a speeding car. Off a car. Yeah, he's yeah. Through a windscreen. And I just love that. Then he goes up to the cop and just like boom, knocks yeah. <laughs> him, gets him the side of it, and throws him across. It was so good. Like it's you. You can imagine. I can understand James Cameron just going, "Yeah, Arnie's perfect." Like I just, like, you, I know, you just could you imagine you, anyone else trying? No, to no, I know, I know. Um. So they give chase, and that's what I mean. Like when you just have a second, you're then now there's this great chase scene in the cars. They're firing, you know, shotguns across, you know, this highway. There's a police car giving chase, and the whole time, and this is what I mean by car chase. I've definitely seen modern films that don't do as good of car chases as this film does, because the whole time, not only is there, it feels like it's ramped up speed. Like it feels like real speed is happening. Mm. Um, so the, there's immediate action, you know, that, you know, if they did something wrong, he goes up onto the sidewalk, he's like taking out trees. Um, whenever there's, whenever there's a possible turn in the camera shots, they hit another car as well. Like they sideswipe another car. I don't know how many cars they hit in this film. I didn't count it, but it's like, they just are constantly damaging stuff in this film. And yeah. that, that, I think, I think when I think about me as a little boy, that's what I loved about it. It was just like constant destruction. This film, <laughs> it, it, was, it was. You know, like it, it was a lovely smashing, and of course, it's, it's all smashing. It's all yeah. practical effects yeah, too. So it is. It's there's real. A, there's a real cars being smashed. Yeah, yeah. Windscreens being broken. Yeah. It's not just a bit of CGI of broken Gun, windows. The gunshots are blanks, obviously, yeah, and the yeah. squibs. And I think I think you do lose a little bit because sometimes the computer generated gunshots and blood splats. They can look a little bit yeah. flat. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. You definitely see it. In, in this film, it's all real, you know, windscreens and car doors and side swipes being ripped, ripped, written off and all that. And here, sorry, yes. we get a Pope in the Pool scene. Pope I love it. <laughs> what is a Pope in the Pool scene? It's where we have to have a bucket load of exposition delivered to us in one go. So the explanation of the story of the of Kyle and the future. Yes. Um, but why is it a Pope in the Pool scene? What does that mean? It comes with Blake Schneider. His analogy is the Pope in the Pool as in you've got a big bunch of information to tell the audience. You need an interesting scene to kind of distract the audience whilst you deliver this material. Like if you walked into a house and the Pope was in the pool. Yes, having a bit of a swim. <laughs> having a bit of a swim, you'd be like, that's weird. And at the same time, I can tell and you I my think, life story. Yeah, so yeah, and you're, so you're sitting this, there talking to someone unrelated yeah. and the Pope, and like the Pope's not actually in the scene. No, but he's and swimming. Yes. Yeah, and so what, why is that? Why do I... I saw this. I'm like, oh my God, it's a Pope in the pool scene. It's perfect because... Kyle is fanging it down the road. The Terminator is chasing them and shooting at them and it's danger. And then this is when he's telling the exposition, you know, like, and he's, so he's saying that he came back from the future. Um, and she actually does a great thing when she opens the car door, like she's going to yeah, jump out, you know, out. and amazing. it's like, no, stay in, you know, I'm here to save you. And he tells her that she, he's a cyborg and what a cyborg is, you know, what we've been talking about. And on top of that, the police are now also giving chase. So it's like, it's all 
amping up and we see that and um and uh even the terminator um impersonates the police he says you know there's a 411 or something you know, I'm giving chase and I'm in this direction and and so you know and that's a great little starting a bit of like stuff for the future isn't it that he can impersonate the voices which is yeah. so cool like it's such a cool effect well, of the Terminator the, that's a really interesting science fiction becoming science fact because you now got these deep fakes you do have the deep fakes yeah pe- people's voices are being you know um, faked so that you can merge someone else's voice into someone else's voice uh, and thus make it sound as if, you know, someone's talking. There's, mm. there's been a, a number of very convincing uh, versions of this yeah. being done. And he, even the manipulation of uh, video and photos, yeah, right? Video. Like of, of So of you can imagine impact. the Terminator here, he's got a learning chip in him. Yeah, he hears someone's speech mannerism. Mm. It goes through his processor and then he's able to impersonate. Correct. Well enough. Certainly on a police radio, you're not going to know the difference. No, you won't. Um, anyway, I think they fang it into... They sort of escape him for a moment and they fang into this um, car park, crashes, smashes into it, you know, parks the car. They get out. The police and catch him. The police kind of start um, circling around them. And again, they break into another car and this is where Kyle tells her more about the future. Uh, and he and he does that he does that big line that one yeah. that you were saying before that you know he can't be reasoned reason with <laughs> you know um, it will not stop until you're dead it's you like know a like toddler yeah it's like, you know like and you really the way he does that it's it's good and she bites him yes and and he go he doesn't react to it but he says he says you, you know like I feel pain I'm a human but he's not a human he will not feel pain no you know so don't bite me again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing, isn't it? That she bites him. She's all bloodied up and yeah, but it's cool. Uh, police spot their car and they surround the car park. Um, the Terminator hears that. So he's kind of like honed in. And then Kyle keeps, again, this is all Pope in the pool stuff. Kyle's, you know, cause there's danger, danger everywhere. There was all these cops. Again, it's a bit like the opening scene with Kyle when they're in the retail shop. Yeah. They're all sort of like torches and police cars there's nowhere for them to go. And this is where he says about the nuclear war and the defense system. It was the idea was to keep us safe. But then, you know, in, in a microsecond, it decided to exterminate the humans. And he's like, everything here is gone. You know, it's all gone. Um, and he grew up in that wasteland and, and it was all kind of, you know, nothing was going to eventuate until this man showed up called John Connor. Your unborn Thank son. Thank God we've been saved by a white man once more. Oh, That's right. What would we ever do? And he taught us to fight, you know, and she's a bit like, well, I don't know how to fight. You can see that's her face. It's a great cut there because when he delivers that line, like it's John Connor, your unborn son, the Terminator is then there and attacks them. So it's like Pope in the pool. That's just enough information. Refinished. And now it's time for action. <laughs> And they sort of do another chase and there's more firing I, and bullets. I've got to say, bullets. Jump in, you're saying that there now, and I realised that as a kid and watching my kids watch this movie, mm. yeah, there was it really was enough information because you think about it and really you learned all about the future war and Skynet and everything from literally Kyle just telling you. Telling us that, yeah. There was yeah. no visuals. Of no, it. there wasn't I mean, any visuals. We visual. saw those little flashbacks he had there so you can appreciate. Yeah. But really, the whole, all the real information was mm. just Kyle saying, hey, and Skynet then launched a nuclear attack and that destroyed everyone and yeah. then we've been finding the machines and then John Connor saves us and you're John Connor's mum. Yeah. And he's like, the I wh- never once thought that that was 
the source of the entire lore no. of this whole franchise. No, was no, this it's little, trick, isn't it? Little speech because it's a tense moment. Is they're creeping mm. around the place and they find they a car keep, that like, is unlocked. Down and, yeah. and then, as you said, as soon as you hear the the punchline, you're un- like, because that, that really is the punchline of the yeah, whole that's, that's, show. The whole that's... movie is okay. That's that's cool, bro. You've got this nuclear war in the starting line of it. Why should we but care? Why now? do we care? And says, "Bang, your unborn son." Yeah. Which raises the question of, well, who's going to be the father? Because, like, there's no father about the place. No. And, uh, you know, Terminator in there, straight in, and you forget about the fact that you just had someone yeah. <laughs> lecturing you yeah. about the future. Well, because there's now, 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 that, now another car chase, another big firing. And they didn't, they didn't do a, you know, text, black, black no. background, white text, going, in the year 2029, no, that's Skynet right. has done this. And no. then this is like, oh, you don't need to tell us that in no, text. No, You're no voiceover. It's all yeah. done. And the trick there is that he has delivered that moment in that intense scene. They're being hunted by the police and the Terminator. You know, like that's the trick, right? Like, so Blake Schneider is no so time true. For her to go, well, that doesn't yeah, sound very doesn't, reasonable. Yeah, yeah no, it? no, it's How like we're we? off again. Well, let's talk about this a bit. It's like, well, no, because. Oh my god! It must be believable because it's so hardcore. They cut off before she really gets to react. That's the trick, right? Um, so it's a good little, good little note for any writers out there. That's a good little scene to figure out if you have to deliver. You know, you take this premise: we're coming from the future, Terminators. We're trying to delete the past to affect the future, and there's all sorts of like technical questions about no 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 wait a second i need to ask the terminator some questions it's like you didn't have time he's gonna blow your fucking head off you know so let's just go you know like as opposed to that one what you know you've got to come see why what is it there's no 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 time to explain yeah just follow me you go i'm not going anywhere until you explain (laughs) it to me (laughs) and and they lead you off and you get there and you go Oh, it's an alien spaceship. Why didn't you just... That would literally have taken less time yeah. than the time it took me to folly here. Yeah, yeah. But this one here, no such thing. And I do like as well, he says, I noticed this time watching, he also says a couple of things like, like I don't know who did it. I actually don't know who did that. Like, And then he even says with the time thing, he goes, he goes I'm from a future, but I, I'm not a science guy. Yeah, I don't like, know like, like, I can't, ex- like, he's, ba- he's basically saying, I can't explain that rule, right? Yeah. Like, because it'd be easy to go, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, but if you've come from the future, how are we, you know, like, you're affecting the future now anyway, you know? But, it, but he's like, I don't know about that, but I just know that I have to be here to save you, you yes. know? Like, so the, it's a primal goal, right? Like, it's not it's not bogged down in the details. Um, and, yeah, anyway, so we have a big scene, and in that scene, they're chasing each other, and they end up um, sort of, Crashing with the Terminator and the Terminator just smashes into a brick wall head on again. Yes. Like you see him, you see him hit the wall. You see a dummy or something right here, a brick wall smashes through the front of the car kind of thing. And then police descend on them. So there's no way out. And he, he wants to like go out with his shotgun and she says, no, they'll kill you, you know. Um, and when they look at the car, he's not there. The Terminator is gone, you know. And so again, you know, like he's walked away from a head-on crash, right? This is where the captain introduces Dr. Silverman, slimy criminal psychologist. And the question here is, is Reese crazy? You know, is Kyle crazy? I mean, he is, but he is. not because what he's saying is wrong. No. It's probably because of the incredible trauma he suffered growing up as a child in a war zone and so forth. But that's, you know. Yeah. And so while the police and that are going to interrogate uh, Reese, we have this, again, this is kind of, 
kind of clever script writing because we kind of have that plot points going on. And then now we get into the Terminator and the machine, a bit more about the machine of the Terminator. His home life. <laughs> yeah, he's checked into this shitty motel as, as a Terminator would, I suppose. I don't know. Um, and the first scene there is he's got the bloodied eyeball and he's got this damaged wrist. And so he, he puts his wrist down, he gets a scalpel out and he cuts open his wrist and you can see all these wires. Yeah, this um, is the first time we can get full confirmation. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a he, robot he in there. He's definitely a cyborg. Now, I only saw this recently. I don't know if you see it. You can go online. There's a masterclass tutorial with uh, James Cameron. Uh, uh, not tutorial. Trailer. His masterclass. And he actually says, oh, in Terminator, I really wanted to see the wires, the, the things of his fingers. And so we figured out, like, we could just have a, a puppeteer underneath the table going like that. And that's just a little snippet from the masterclass. Mm. So I just thought it was funny. I saw that a couple of weeks ago, and then now we've watched Terminator. Um, and that's basically what's going on. Like, his wrist is there, and you can see it. Uh, it's great. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's bloodied, and it's uh, skin it's, on the outside, but on the inside, smooth, it's silver smooth. Chrome. Like, yeah. It doesn't look like it's been human made. It, it's no. too perfect. Yeah, and he doesn't react to, like pain wise. No, either. no, he's just repairing a, yeah. a machine. A machine repairing a machine. We have this great like uh, segue where Kyle and the psych is questioning him, and he he says those things we talked a bit about earlier that um, the Terminator went through the time machine, and then he was the last one, and then John Connor would blow up the time travel, and he's like, "Well, how are you going to get back?" And he's like. No, there's no going back. I'm stuck here now. Like, it's a do-or-die mission, isn't it? You know, so, again, it's raising the stakes because he can't go back to his And, and there's home. no cavalry coming. There's no... No one else is coming to save the day. And I think also, but I found it means that if he succeeds and he destroys the Terminator, then Sarah Connor's okay. Like, no one yes. else is coming to kill Sarah. You know, that, that's also what I saw from that. So, it it made it a very clean... Uh, understanding of the good guy versus the bad guy. If we do destroy the bad guy, we're okay. You know, the mission is accomplished. Yeah, because when you set up a critter as powerful as the Terminator, you you need to have an off switch. Yeah. In all of these movies, you've got to have some sort of a clever way of making sure that this overwhelmingly powerful villain isn't um, infinite. Because if you go, well, there's another Terminator yeah. and another Terminator, although we've got sequel movies where indeed there are additional Terminators. But the point being is that in this movie where we're watching it, this reality, it is the case that, yeah, this Terminator is really powerful and there's probably thousands, millions of them in the future. Mm. Why but, wouldn't they just send five? But they're, they're not yeah. here. Like yeah. They got the chance to get one through yeah. and the humans managed to get one through. Yep. And that was that. Was that. And that's the deal. That's that's the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where I've got to put a special note to this because I think for any writer, and I've heard a couple other people talk about this in terms of writing, we come back to The Terminator. And this is something that is really special, and I loved watching it again this time, is basically, although he doesn't feel pain, we do get an emotion here, sorry, from The Terminator, which is like vanity. And so he's done the wrist oh, thing. Yes. And then in this bit, it's his eyeball. Okay. And so his eyeball, he is all damaged from the car crash and he kind of pulls it, yanks it out. And it's quite bloody and it's quite a disgusting scene. It's not really about vanity to start with. And he kind of pops it out. 
you know, into the sink and there's blood and guts. And this is where we see the red eye, right? Yes. So the red eye, the red eye, the creepiness, the, the scariness, as you said, all evil robots have the red eye. And then we're beginning that. But <laughs> what does he then do? He put, gets the shades. Well, he, he considers himself in the mirror for a moment. He does. He, he sort of stares at himself. He, he looks at his looks. He takes it all in. And then he gets the shades and puts on the shades. And again, then he considers himself, kind of smirks a little, and yeah. he also touches up his hair. Yes. Right? So up to this point, and all the rules we've been sort of shown about the Terminator is he's very robotic, very much on this mission. Nothing's going to stop him executing the people without even thinking. And here we have a moment of vanity and it's a beautiful moment. And I think when you think about as a writer, the bad guy or the bad creature to have a moment like this is, is a really special moment because it just adds so much depth to our bad guy, you know, to our villain in the story. It suddenly goes, oh, shit, he's a little bit more <laughs> deeper than what we expected. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, as you said, putting on the shades by themselves would just be, he's, he's assessing as going, hmm, I'm not going to pass for human anymore. Yeah. Puts on the shades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he puts on the shades, fine. Yeah. That's disguise. Yeah. Then as you said, he kind of does that little bit of a look, touch, touch. Yeah. Touches the hair. Like, like he's adjusting. Like yeah, yeah. It's he, the adjusting. He doesn't just bit. put it on and go, okay, that's good enough. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the adjustment. You're exactly no one's right. No really going to question it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great scene. Go have a look at that scene, especially if you want to be a writer. I think it's really powerful. Um, back at the sta- station, the police station, Sarah and the cops, they watch Kyle. He does come across crazy. Uh, and, it, and he does say a great thing. They're watching him, uh, a video recording of his conversation. And he actually says, oh, like... W- the doctor says, I can't really do anything about this. He's like, well, why am I talking to you? Don't you understand this This thing's not going to stop? You know, like I need to talk to the person because he's going to just stop. Person in charge. Person in charge. That's Michael Bain's own line. Yeah, right. Because it was in there being, the scene was to be interviewed there by the police. And he said, oh, look, you know, Mike, the uh, Reese is smart enough to know that he's got a one-way mirror there. And he's, he's also smart enough to know that they're kind of just, they're leading him down this path of yeah. you're crazy, mm. and so he would he would address. So he addresses the camera mm. and says, "Fucking, what's going on here?" Yeah, <laughs> give me the boss. Um, and the doctor says, "Well, yeah, he is loony. He, you know, he he really is." But it's again, it's Doctor Silverman. I really paid attention to him. He's kind of like he doesn't care. He's he says oh, in this so moment, smug. he's so he's so sleazy, and he also says, "Oh, I can make a career out of this guy." Like you know, like and it's so great. Like he's he's obsessed with diagnosing him, but not really sort of helping the situation, oh, he, right? Yeah, he's, he's so sort of smug as well about, oh, this yeah. guy, listen to what he says. It's yeah. just, oh, we're so much better than he is. And he even lets the video play, like the captain's the one that says, oh, you've got to stop this. Because yeah, because he's, he's, he's going to kill he's her. He's going to kill her. <laughs> um, and the captain says, look, have a rest. We've got your mum coming. She'll be down in an hour. Like, have a little rest. I've got 30 cops here. That's where he says, I've got, you know, 30 cops here, so you'll be safe. Safe and sound. Yeah. You don't have to worry. I mean, Sarah does look a bit relieved by it, but I think she's still a bit uncertain. Yeah. And so as the doctor leaves, Dominator comes in and he asks for Sarah Connor. And you've got I this great, like. Sarah Connor. This, oh, no, look, mate, you'll have to get some, you know, if you're a relative or whatever, you'll need some ID. 
Yeah, and she's been investigated. She's been questioned. So you just sit down, probably a couple of hours, yeah. you know, take, you know, to sit down. And he does it like a real survey of it all, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, really obvious. Yeah. Like, looks at the structure. Yeah. He looks through the door. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> and he walks out. And then, with a with a car. That's I, I remember cheering that as a kid because he's just, oh, I'll be back. And then you go, okay, yeah, he'll. You're thinking he's just literally going to just go off and maybe get some guns or something. Yeah, yeah. No, smashes through the car, bashes through the cop station. Yep. And it's it's, it's why so many. Uh, it's all on then. Police stations and federal buildings because guys have done this and then they put those concrete pillars in, right? Like, yeah. they, but they didn't used to have them in front of important buildings it wasn't until terminator came no, out Termin- yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was, and, and this is where the big gunfight at the yeah. corral starts yeah uh the sarah connor is just sort of being reassured everything's okay then there's like crash bang brr, brr, of, yeah that's me doing gunfire and, <laughs> and yeah suddenly she goes ah i'm not and lance i think henrickson's detective says stay in here you'll be all right and close yeah. the door and she hides under the desk and then we just get this, this great scene yeah. of the Terminator just marching resolutely through the police station, down the corridor, just mm. one gun in each hand. Just guns just everyone down. Shooting, shooting, shooting. Yeah, and it's co- just chaos. I don't know how many times the cops think that you've got to shoot him. Like, do they yeah. think he's got hit points? And after you shoot him 50 times, and he starts flashing red and green. And, and they, they up the ante by getting bigger and bigger guns. Yes. But they don't, the guns still don't stop him. Uh, and he like also rips the power off the wall and kind of jolts and, it. And he shoots through the wall like he the, yeah, the cop he... runs from the doorway across. It's <laughs> just plasterboard. Yeah, yeah. And so he just sort of tracks and then shoots through the yeah, wall and which kills is cool, the cop, yeah. which is very a very sort of machine thing. He's gone. Okay, just predict his trajectory and blow him away. Yeah. And as I said, we see him. I believe kill about twelve. So correct me if I'm wrong, but we see him kill about twelve. But there's some killed off screen. Uh, he, you know, turns off the power, sort of smashes the power. That starts a fire, um, and as the fire begins, this is where Kyle is going to be moved by a detective or something, and that he attacks the detective and gets the keys and kind of breaks free. Uh, Terminator is annihilating a few other people, and he, uh, Kyle, kind of finds Sarah. Well, there's a, a nice tense scene. Yeah, where you Sarah's don't know. And there's a shadow there, and yeah, the you're door not sure opens. who's going to actually Sarah. be. Sarah. Oh, it's yeah. you. It's you, yeah. And she's quite happy to see him, which is kind of a nice beat in the story. And they run, and just as they run, the Terminator kind of walks out. But this time he he doesn't really chase them, does he? He kind of just does a methodic walk out of this destruction that Mm. he's caused. And Well, he sees him jump in the car and drive. Yeah. Like, it was a crappy little car. It was a crappy little car. (laughs) And, like, probably probably, probably like a a gremlin or a... um, Mitsubishi Colt. I was going to say it's a little Mitsubishi Colt. I, I had a, I had a 1980 Colt that looked severely similar to that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and he just kind of walks out of the, this destroyed police station on fire, and there's screams in the background. I think sort of thing. So, um, and it's a nice cut because it cuts from that straight away. And this is maybe going back to what you said about James Cameron. Just cuts from that to the petrol gauge on empty. So yeah. they're not mucking around with the the story. Um, Reese and Sarah jump out. They just push the car into the woods to hide it and they escape into this stormwater tunnel kind of thing. Um, she asks him about, I, I quite, I hadn't noticed this before, but she says him about traveling through time and he says it's like white light, it's painful and he puts the analogy that it's actually maybe a bit like birth. 
which mm, is like, born. oh, being born. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, he then reveals that actually in all that commotion, he was shot. So he, she uh, starts to do this kind of rough dressing on him and, and uh, she goes, I'm going to puke. So tell me a story. So he starts talking about her, this, her son, John, um, that everyone trusts him and that he would die for him. Um, and in the future, they probably didn't really know what would have happened with humans if it wasn't for John. He also admits like no one really knows, or he doesn't know about John's father, but he died before the war. Yeah. Um, Seriously, no, don't tell me about Yeah, it. don't tell me that. Don't tell me anything more, you Spoiler know. Spoiler warning, warning, warning. <laughs> um, which is true. Like, you should never really find that sort of information out. Uh, and, uh, and then he also, like, passes on a weird message that he memorized from John about thanking her for the t- the tough years before the war yeah. that she was brave and that. And that's a nice moment that um, I suppose it's another Pope in the Bull moment, but a bit more minor that then she's like done the dressing. He's like, oh, you've done a really um, good emergency dressing. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's my first time. So because at the same time, she's kind of questioning, well, are you sure it's me you know like uh, John Cunnos are like really my son because I'm, I'm not that kind of person you know like and we know her as a waitress you know and we don't know her as an action star you know or She's you know someone that's gonna ice cream in her pocket yeah you know how can she sort of lead a revolt uh, or at least train her son to be the guy that leads a revolt against these sophisticated machines and then we we get a real great again vision of the future and I love we this, do in this movie these little flashes in the future to give us our science fiction sort of space fights if you like they're not space obviously but uh and we get the uh an invasion or an infiltration of uh or by a terminator into a bunker yeah and we see a bit of bunker life and it's, it's a bit crap. of a poor man's army isn't it <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crap in this bunker you know and the the dogs are barking mm. and that's then the the thing as everyone comes into the bunker they sniff the hand yeah and this one guy comes in, dogs start barking, he throws off his jacket. He's got some enormous killer... Laser gun again. Pew, pew gun, <laughs> yeah. Like, and starts blasting and soldiers are shooting back. Reese, I am your father. Do, all do, do, the do. rest of it. Do, do, do. <laughs> well, all the rest of it. Great big shootout. Yeah. And the Terminator, it's just, again, it's just one single Terminator Yeah, and he's gun, just annihilating everyone. And he's just shooting everyone and people shooting back and they're just, they're just being ineffectual. Mm. Which makes you wonder why they carry those guns. Yeah. Like, if... If your basic weapon does not kill the basic troop of the opponent, why do you carry the basic weapon? Yeah. What's the point? What would be the point? That's a very good point. Plenty of other machines that do get killed. Does it just, is the point it just slows them down so that you might be able to escape? Maybe these terminators, they sort of indicate they're a new type. Yeah, that's true. So so maybe maybe, the orders were more effective. Yeah. Maybe Skynet went, okay, that's the sort of guns that you've got. Well, I will just make something that is immune to those guns. Yeah. That sort of makes a lot of sense. Because mm. you're not developing guns as fast as I can develop Terminators. No. So, uh, anyway, but it's a, it's a lovely scene that goes on. and uh, <laughs> Lovely scene, yeah. Uh, the, the Kyle Reese, he, he gets up and wakes up from this. There is the moment, sorry, just there to oh. say that the Terminator light turns in the dark and he's got the two red eyes. Oh, yeah. It's really creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's very lovely. creepy. Sorry, I just wanted to say that there was he kind of like peers through the smoke and that and you can just see the red eyes. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and okay, this is where we get the landlord bangs on the door. Yeah, so we flash over <laughs> to what again? We're getting a bit of home life of yeah. the terminal. What does he do in his spare time? 
And he's, he's and this time he's looking a bit manky. He's got the fly on his face, yeah, and his face is just looking a bit skanky, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's not putting sunglasses on, hiding this time. <laughs> and the landlord gets do do do, and he gets the options come up, and he he gets yeah, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's, he he took. We did see earlier. He took the little address book from Sarah, and so that's what he's doing. He's scanning this address book. Yeah, trying to get some. Where where would I require really yeah, her? Yeah. So and he gets really, the if mum. you think about it, once they've gotten away from him and he's not in visit like contact, mm. if they were able to just keep driving south, yeah, surely they would ship, just get away from him. Jump on a ship to Africa somewhere, yeah, Australia. One Terminator, <laughs> yeah, try, it's like a needle in a haystack. It is, it is. And if they is. just keep low and don't turn up in the news or anything like that, yeah, what's this Terminator going to do? Just go from town to town to town scanning phone books for a Sarah Connor, yeah, but she's not going to put her name in the phone book again, no. So the chances chances are that she could well die of old age before the Terminator caught up with her. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to catch her quickly while yeah. he's got you know if the case, the trial goes cold, mm. then uh, you know it's conceivable that the Terminator could fail by accident because he's yeah. degenerating. Yeah. And once he becomes obviously a killing robot, mm. yeah, like we could overwhelm him. Yeah. It would. It could be done. Like the military, you know would be able to get a big enough gun. Yeah, to annihilate him, him, yeah. yeah. So he, he has a time limit. And so I didn't think this when I was first watching, but now as a much older, more mature mm. person, I was thinking, yeah, he's he's got moments now to try and catch up with her. Otherwise, he's screwed. He's lost his mission. And I did think that myself. Like, And obviously that's the point, I think, of the police are after Sarah and Reese as well, so mm. that they're kind of like a hunted... They're being hunted not only by him but also the police, so they can't just kind of freely go anywhere. If you know what yeah, I mean, they can't. Like, they can't just go no hang out or just book in a or even like or an airport. They couldn't just get on a plane to Africa or whatever, you know. So, and I think also their resources are limited as well. So it's kind of yeah, you know, minimum wage in a, in the states <laughs> is quite a poor. Yeah. So yeah. if you're in the United States and you're not on minimum wage, have a have a little care for the poor old waitress uh, who this um sarah connor is she's probably earning like two or three dollars an hour yes and then she gets tips which might bring her up to six dollars an hour or something mm. uh so she don't have much <laughs> yeah when i was 16 i was getting 12 dollars an hour mm. oh, and that's australian which, dollars too yeah so oh yeah so worth three american mum bucks yeah <laughs> um sarah and reese they do check into this tiki hotel um, and he says he's going to go off to get supplies and she hangs back, has a shower. She then speaks to her mum on the course, phone. Um, and mum's pleading with her, like, tell me where you are. You know, I'll come get you or I'll come help you or something like that. And she says, no, nah, I don't want to. Uh, okay, I'll tell her. And I loved this when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I, I even remembered watching this again now that it was like, oh, Ah, oh, he's <laughs> like, because they cut from it's all Sarah talking yeah. to her mum, and then it cuts to the cabin being all you can see the doors being ripped off. And so, as an audience, you're like, No, don't tell her, don't tell but then, her. But I remember also going, Well, hang on, how is this? Because she's talking to her mum, I yeah. can hear the mum talk, yeah, yeah. And then right. we see this weird thing of Arnie moving <laughs> his mouth and mum's voice, mum's voice, yeah. Like, oh, that's and you know, because we had that connection earlier when he impersonated the police, yeah, it's, it's bit, like, oh, he's been the mum and he's killed the mum, and you know, like it's great. And um, 
yeah, and you know, and they hang up. So he's on the way to the Tiki Hotel. So they've got a time limit. Uh, time limit, sorry. And um, Kyle comes back. He doesn't actually have food. <laughs> he's he's basically got. Uh, yeah, materials to make bombs. So he starts making bombs with her. This is where they have like a a, a moment as well. And he's telling her that um, she asked him actually, is there any girls, women in the future? And he's like, no, not really. There any special girls? I mean, special girls, wink, wink. And he's like, no, there's only been you. Oh, okay. I had this picture of you from John. Yes. And I always wondered what you were thinking at that moment in time. Yeah, <laughs> and that, and then she's like, sad. "Oh, you know, that's a bit creepy." If that was a modern day on on Tinder, so you um, my son is like handing photos of me, <laughs> and you're just obsessed over my photo oh, in this creepy future. Okay. Uh, but he says he loves her, and he always has, and then he walks away. He goes, "No, sorry, I shouldn't have told you that." <laughs> oh. And she comes up, and she's like, "No, you should have told me that." And they start making out, and we have a 1980s sex scene here. You know, and, and top we, out. We know that the boobs out. You only need to have sex once to yeah, get pregnant. You do. That's all, all it takes. That's all it takes. It's a, well, yeah, yeah. That only works if you really don't want to get pregnant. That's <laughs> what... <laughs> yeah, that's what the movies t- tell us. Um, and so it cuts from, cuts from them making love to Arnie's coming. He's coming for him on the bike. I just love like. He rides a bike with a shotgun, like one-handed. Yeah. You know, he's got the big motorbike. Wouldn't call attention anyone passing <laughs> down Depends the on what state you're But in. I suppose in the US, you know, it's a bit different, isn't it? If you're, um, if you're in Texas, maybe. It just That's just the way you drive your car and ride that's your right. bike. Um, anyway, we get the a dog barking and that alerts Kyle. And we have the great Terminator point of view, the red you know, the signaling yeah, the little, code coming the down the page. Thing moving about, yeah. highlighting items. You know, numbers, random numbers. There's a guy he passes, which is something they explore more in Terminator 2 with his vision, but this guy kind of like stands back from him, you know, which makes a lot of sense. And um, he's heading up. But Kyle and Sarah have escaped kind of out the back door, so to speak. And uh, the Terminator gives chase and we get this like, again, we're back on a chase scene again. You know, he's closing in on them. And uh, this is where Kyle throws these homemade bombs. I actually thought, watching it this time, these homemade bombs were pretty crappy, sorry. A a little bit weak. Yeah, they were suddenly were just like little smoke bombs. The Terminator was literally driving through the explosion with no effect. I was surprised how crappy they were because I thought Kyle made, he had a lot of ingredients. I'm no scientist, Mm. but to me, I've seen people do, I've seen online and in a couple of docos, people make homemade bombs in the US. Um, There's a, that that anarchist cookbook book, you know, and um, people have made bombs out of little material and actually they do a lot of damage. So like... In order for it to explode, it has to rip its way out of that out of that pipe, pipe. Yeah, yeah. Which means you've got bits of that steel pipe flying everywhere. Yeah, which you'd imagine would take a bike out, that right? Would just <laughs> knock a hole through a tire, or yeah. you know, puncture the. But anyway, tank. not for the Terminator. No. Um, and uh, while Kyle is doing all this, he gets shot by the Terminator, so he's in a lot of pain. Sarah has to take control, and she does. She and, and this swerves the truck because well, up until now, Reese has been the run, yeah. steering like driving. Uh, but in this case now, of course, Reese is injured. Now he's sort of a liability to yeah. escaping. Yep. Because he can't run for it. And and they do. They they, they swerve around and they, they crash and bang and the fuel tanker slams on its brakes, which is, you know, handy. Yeah. And 
runs over the Terminator. There's runs a great over the Terminator. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and he gets dragged along a little bit. And, you know, Sarah runs off and then the truck comes chasing, which is sort of like that uh, Metallica video clip. Mm. And then Kyle manages to pop a pipe bomb in the truck. Into the truck, yeah. Which is great because I remember his kid going, oh, this must be the finale. This yes, is it. yeah. And kaboom, it explodes. It's and a good old fuel tanker, so... Fire everywhere and yeah. she helps Kyle up and they're like... And she says, will that that have stopped it? Yeah. And he says, oh, I don't know. Well, you see, you see actually, sorry, just before you get to that, you see the Terminator fall oh, out of the driver's seat. He stumbles out. He stumbles out and, out and he falls down. And there's a great, like, you don't, I think modern, modern film, they would have done it very different, but you sort of in the flames, you see a head crumbling over. And yeah. actually, like, she's like, you know, is it still alive? And it, and it does crumble kind of to the side, like, signifying it's dead. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. You know, this big creature is burned and it's obviously been a hot enough flame. It to... just takes a fuel tanker exploding yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so great, you know. And then, and then you're right, like, out of the shadows, Kyle stumbles out of the shadows and they kind of embrace um, and, they, and he's hurt really badly uh, in that way. Um, and we got it. Yeah, that's good. And that's where then behind them, out of the like rubble of the truck, this metal robot stands Yeah, something up. goes, crunch, yeah. <laughs> gets knocked over like a door or something. Yeah, like yeah. And then out of the flames comes this silvered skeleton thing yeah. lurching out. It start, just starts dragging itself. That's and, what I was saying before. Like, it starts limping. Reese is doing the same thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> they're both limping. And they, they get themselves into that factory. And it's a robotic factory. I never really sort of took that in. Oh, but they, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know, he gets in there and he turns on. There's actually a computer screen that says robotic factory. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Literally. And then they were. They're all like bits of machine. You know, again, it's that kind of homage of his robots in the 80s, right? And yeah. then that, and then Terminator is a robot in 40 years from now. So it's the, the evolution. That, that they're going to escape from the robot in the robots. In a, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, he turns it on to, it to confuse it. And we had this lovely sort of... Cat and mouse. Bit where they, they run through a little bit and uh, they're hiding and Sarah kind of accidentally presses the, this button which makes the hydro press stamp down. Nice bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah. And she goes, ooh, and, and the Terminator spots them so he chases after them. Kyle can't run, so he grabs up a big iron bar and mm. tells Sarah Connor to run. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of hand-to-hand, which doesn't go well for Kyle because, nah. you know. He tries all these blows. It's but it's just... he, he works his, his, as hard as he can. Uh, but when he's down, he lights the pipe bomb and tells Sarah, run, run, run. And she sees the pipe bomb and goes, oh, no, Kyle. Yeah. And he jams yeah. it kind of into his hip joint or something, something like yeah. <laughs> and of course, the Terminator blows up, and bits of the Terminator go yeah. everywhere, which is I, great. Actually, I, got, I got this email in my spam folder before, which says you blow your Terminator's pelvis apart with your massive <laughs> pipe bomb. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah Be yeah, careful to open that one. Yeah, I just deleted that one. Um, and Sarah kind of comes to, and she's okay, but she's got this big piece of ah uh, yes, uh, the Terminator in her leg. So now right, she can't run. No, now she can't. So she she pulls it out, you know, a bit of pain, throws it on the ground, drags herself over to Kyle. He's dead. He's dead. He is, he's, he's gone. Very dead. He's and very she dead. looks at the Terminator. He's not dead. Well, he looks dead. He's then, dead, but then he comes alive. The top half comes alive. Red, the red eyes. Red light turns on and he <laughs> yeah. suddenly starts And he just jerking. starts crawling towards He's only her. got one working hand at yeah. the stage and he's like dragging. Yeah. I remember as a kid, this was this was that kind of 
so awesome. Like yes, he's, yeah, he's yeah. not. He, he's absolutely not stopping. He's no. only got one arm, and he's still dragging. There's like the yeah. Black Knight out of Monty Python's Holy Grail. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll kick you to death. I'll yeah. kick you to death. What are you afraid of me? Yeah, and it's a. Yeah, he's got one hand, and and this Terminator will do whatever he can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep going until he has run out of all resources. Yes, he still has one hand. He can still go for it. And isn't it like it's a great narrative device? Because as you said, when the fuel truck explosion happened, you thought he was dead. Yes, and he comes back, and then he's Kyle's blowing him up, and now he's coming back again. You know, like it's yeah. like he just can't be stopped. Like no matter what, so it's great. Like. You know, like you just when you as an audience go, oh, okay, that's the oh no, he's back. You know, like it's it's great kind of thing. And I think this moment here is pretty much James Cameron's nightmare. This is the essence. Is this kind of robotic thing hunting yeah, him and, in and the that kitchen? Would be you know? a nightmare, wouldn't yeah, it, like, it would be if this thing was just coming towards she you. Can't like, escape. She, if, no, because if she hadn't been injured in her leg, she could have just just run away and, yeah. and walked away. Yeah. Yeah, this Terminator really is quite a pathetic creature at this point. She she could have just. <laughs> well, said, I don't know. I mean, you could run away, and the next thing you know, it'd be like still creeping down well, the corridor. Well, she could walk off. She could take her time and find like you know, yeah, like, somewhere safer, a big or... pole, and stick him into the ground, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. come back with a hammer and start smashing, start smashing or a yeah. welding machine. But because she's injured, so she crawls through the factory. They go on a conveyor belt. It's nice kind of symbolism here because they're literally climbing over robots. I reckon, yes. like that's how I it, saw it's it. It's all. Like, Conveyors, uh, a, a mirror of the start where the machines are crunching over. Human that's right. Skeletons. Yeah, and yeah. Here's, here's the human crunching over a robot skeleton. Yeah. If you and like. she crawls into, she comes off a conveyor and she crawls into that squishy thing. <laughs> yeah, and she can barely. And barely she can only it. kind of get through it, and the and Terminator's right on her heels, and she slides, and they're sliding in, and he's again dragging himself. So he's only about a foot behind her, and he's. But he's just relentless and she's in pain and she gets to the other side and just as she gets to the other side, he's about to grab her and she slams and locks locks the, the machine. And so its arm comes through and starts to kind of choke her a little bit, I he think, says, grabbing her. You know, he's grabbing her. And, but she's like locked him in and she says the great line, you're terminated, fucker, <laughs> and presses the conveyor machine. And then this is what's great about it is that the machine comes down and starts squishing him, but it, it struggles a bit. Mm. And I really liked that. Eh? I, I, I couldn't quite yeah. remember that, but it, it keeps squishing him, but it, it takes a fair bit of pressure. So it kind of showed you that the metal and the way he's being constructed is super strong. Have you watched any of those YouTube strong. clips of the crazy crushing machine? No, is, no. So guy, he's, no. he's got a 100-ton hydraulic press, yeah. and he just crushes stuff. Crushes stuff. And films it. You know, like, it's really yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, the the again, watching this with my kids... It crushed down and you know, got this lightning and his eye finally dimmed and she was sitting there and the, the hand is like poised just in yeah, her head. Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, oh, you could see them squirming. They yeah, it's sure. like the arm's still going to They weren't sure going. if there was going to be one last little yeah. jump scare to grab them. But I think the symbol was the eyes going out, right? Yes. Like those red eyes. So, yeah, but it was. And she takes a moment and just that, you hear the police siren, so you know it's going to be okay. She's taken away in an ambulance. We see Carl zipped up in a body bag. Um, and then we cut to, she's telling us the voiceover. She says it's 7 November 10. I'm not too sure. That was the, that was what I got down. Um, but she's driving and she's speaking into a microphone and she pulls into this petrol station on this highway. Um, she's got a dog, you know, because she knows dogs can sniff yeah. out Terminators. Um, she's pregnant and um, she's telling, like, I don't know whether I should tell the story 
to you or whether this story is for me. And yeah, but I probably should tell you, John, who your father is because if I don't, you may not not send him, and then therefore you're not in, you know, you're not in birth. And so I will probably tell you. And with that, this boy takes a picture of her, and it's the picture that Reese had in the film. Yes. So it's very chicken and egg stuff. Ah, yes. Um. And then the boy uh, in Spanish says he says he says some words in Spanish, and the other guy, the older man, translates. He says, "Oh, there's a storm coming," and she's like, "Yeah, I know there's a storm coming." And she actually drives off, and you see her drive down. And there's a big storm on the mountain, mm. and that's really to me. It was like, wow, that's. I don't know if I realized that when I was younger or the last time I watched it, but it's like it's extremely symbolic because she's driving to the storm, so she's driving to her future. Uh, I totally ignored it. So when I was younger. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have when I was a kid, but even like, oh, maybe the last coming. time, okay. yeah, the storm coming. No, worries. but no, it means she's driving to that stormy future. She's yes. going to take it on, you know. Um, so yeah, and that is the end. Roll credit. Sorry, the end. The yeah. end. Now, I do want to put a special note here. Do we have, and anyone out there in podcast land listening to us, is there another film where the main character, or possibly, is he the main character of The Terminator? I mean, she's probably the main character, right, Sarah? Yeah, but... We, but The Terminator becomes... As a, I mean, with most films that Arnie goes into, we pay most attention to him. Yeah, he's the probably office, been paid the most. He steals, he steals the limelight a lot. Now, the lines he says, I've counted six... Nice night for a walk, hey? Washing day tomorrow. Those two lines are in the first moments with the punks. Close. Give them to me now. No, all three of them. (laughs) Three lines there. And then his classic, I'll be back. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself to Lansard and then to the truck driver, get out. I mean... Well, he does list the gun names. Oh, he does do the gunner. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So the gun names... Sorry, yeah, the gun names. I forgot to write that down. Yeah, yeah, the gun names. Yeah, I... So that's seven maybe lines, maybe eight lines. I, I, I seem to out. think the number of lines was nine in this. I, mm. I, I was watching a, an interview with I did Michael Did forget Bain. about the gun, the gun lines, yeah. Michael, his interview with Michael Bain, who was saying that, yeah, the thing that finally drove him on the line was, was his agent convincing him that, yeah, he'd definitely be the hero of this. He's the yeah. hero, he's the romantic interest, he's, he's going to be the You're the star. lead, you're the lead, yeah. Yeah, so he goes, oh, cool, I mean... The other guy's only got nine lines. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and he says it with a joke because Michael Bain, if you don't know him or recognise him, he's been in a, a number of quite big movies, but usually with much bigger stars mm. who outdo him. So yeah. in Aliens, Sigourney Weaver is there, of course, yeah, yeah. And he he's got nothing but good things to say about Sigourney Weaver as an actor, uh, but yeah, she again dominates that. Dominates it, yeah. And then he's in The Rock. With Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage, yeah, yeah, he's great in that. Again, you know, he, but uh, we got again Nicholas Cage, Nick, Nick Cage, and, <laughs> and Sean Connery, who are just sort of characters themselves. So, but it is an interesting this this film narrative wise. I the reason why I'm saying about the Arnie lines is it's interesting. You have a, such a key character to have. Okay. All right, I wrote down six there, but you're right, the gun moment, and he does, so that's like eight, you're saying maybe nine. Um, correct us, get online, tell us we're right, we're wrong. I mean, it's such a short amount of lines. You have, at the same time, that character has a moment in the film where it's like vanity, even though he's a robot. As a as a villain, he's also like this indestructible machine that doesn't stop. Um, Arnie is kind of like the perfect kind of creature for that actor. <laughs> 
like it's uh, the Pope in the pool stuff is done so well. Yeah. Um, I also thought on watching it this time, you don't really, the film just starts like, you know what I mean? Like it starts with that weird future really quickly. Mm. You're right. There's no, LA 2029, the robots took over, Sky Knight took it. You know what I mean? Like there's none of that. It's just 2029, bang, bang, bang. And then we cut back to this garbage truck and this naked Arnie. (laughs) And then Arnie does his thing. And then this other naked man comes along and does his thing. And it's car chase and police scenes. And and then they're fighting over Sarah. And then they're, you know, like it doesn't stop, does it? The film from start to finish. It's a roller coaster of action. Yeah. And... There, I thought that's really great as well as a narrative that we don't, we come in and we're just in the action. Like we're not, there's no waiting for that inciting incident really. It's just starting. It just happens, doesn't it? You know, it's there. The inciting incident is Sarah Connor because I took note this time when it was. Um, it's She comes in at 11 minutes. So it's like, that's the inciting incident. It's like they're after Sarah Connor and here's yeah. Sarah Connor. Um so she is the inciting incident, but it's like, uh, so, but it just doesn't muck around the plot. Like it's there, you know? Yeah, and so it's it, very powerful. It keeps going. We have moments of to breathe, but they, they're not long no. drawn out. No. And they're usually to the point. Yeah. So it's, it's good in that way. It is. All right. So this one goes on to our classic ladder. Sorry. So classic. where are you bringing in? Terminator on your classic uh, so look, ladder. I've still got these in just alphabetical order because, uh, but we're at the 12 now. Here we are. Episode so 60. I'm going to have to start DJing, VJing them, MJing them, movie <laughs> jockey. Is that a thing? I think so. Uh, Why not? I'm going to have to sort of come up with like a playlist Yeah. of, okay, if you can only, if, if you're locked in a room and you, the only entertainment you can have is these these classic movies. Yeah. What would be an order that would give you uh, the best exposure, the best entertainment, the best insight? Yeah. And that's what I'm going to have to come up with. So I've still just got like, um, you know, the Terminator comes after the the Matrix in my alphabetic list, but I'm going to, there's enough variety there now. We've got some comedy, we've got some horror, we've got some... uh, sort of action and you know philosophical and mm. we've even got metropolis from 927 yep i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to put together a playlist so yeah maybe next time i'll have my playlist sorted out yeah so i can say like if, if you can only watch some classics watch these ones and watch in this order yes and, and that's what we're trying to do with our ladders and i've been trying to do it but i will say this right so i sat down today and I, I put Terminator in um, actually second on, on my ladder as in like you would watch these 12 films. It would come in as number 11. But then I've looked at my list and when I've done that and I'm like, it doesn't really make sense now. It's almost like this film, Terminator, I don't really know where to put it on my ladder. It would make sense like, to put it near Demolition Man, for example. Yeah. Demolition Man's got that future where... It's all very human and, mm. and clean and beautiful. It does. But I, I really did struggle because I kind of thought, well, it's not extremely deep, the Terminator, but then it's extremely enjoyable. And by deep, I mean like, yeah, the philosophy, if you go back to 2001 or The Matrix, 
um, or even Fifth Element and stuff. I'm like, those films have a lot more complexity to their narrative. So maybe Terminator kind of drops down. But then I'm like, but then when I think about all that stuff I was just talking about, that the narrative doesn't stop and it, it's action-packed. And, and then when you look at the Terminator, like he's just an incredible creature character that you can learn so much from from being a writer well then it deserves to kind of come up further and then but then we're not where also where i've placed it i don't think it really fits in with say predator and akira so yeah i feel like i need to kind of revisit this whole classic ladder Mm. and the, the order i've put there i have been along the way going well i think you should watch like to me it's like you should everyone should watch 2001 first and then we watched metropolis back on episode 55 so that and to me it's like no you should watch that's always been a favorite of mine and then i'm like yeah the matrix so you go through them but then but now with the terminator i've kind of feel like it's a disruptor (laughs) to my Mm. ladder and i'm not sure it's like it's made the lab ladder almost wobble over i don't know where it should go now so I think probably you and I need to sit down and rearrange these things and spend a bit of time. We probably need to do an episode where we just talk about the ordering of the yeah, ladder. That'll be, that'll be <laughs> yeah, we, we may have to get in a um, like a special guest, special to, guest to, to talk present, about that. Yeah, present the order to and see what they think. Yes, as a impartial something like that. Yeah, yeah, or like that's what I mean. Talk about pros and cons of what people talk about each film. Um, but for me, yeah, I did put it in a sort of number eleven on my ladder so you would have a look at Predator before this and then Akira but it's a disruptor to me what about let's move on to the science as I said earlier I liked how they talked about time travel and of course you've got the cyborg so what do you want to focus on we've sort of talked a bit about all of these things before but I want to talk a bit about the the use of time travel in this movie the particular trick that they do which is Mm -hmm. it's not I suppose it's probably less common in 84. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other movies from 1984 and earlier, which might have used this, but it's this circular nature of time travel. Mm. And it's played on a little bit in some of the, in Terminator 2 as well. Yeah. Is the fact that uh, John Connor's father is Kyle Reese, who only goes back in time because John Connor was born, like, and Skynet tried to kill John Connor. Mm, yeah. If Skynet didn't try to kill John Connor in the past, Reese would not have gone back. John Connor wouldn't have been born. Skynet wins. Yeah. But that breaks the bank, doesn't it? That's like it your does. brain melts. Particularly in Taking Account, and I really like the way Terminator 2, we're not talking about Terminator 2, but in Terminator 2, the Skynet comes out of the pieces of Terminator that they yeah. recover. Yeah. So again, Skynet caused the father of its enemy to be created yeah. also caused itself to be created yeah so this is a well, very it's chicken and egg isn't it it's an and interesting egg. philosophical point because yeah. uh do we have free will mm. is you know is it possible to throw back through time and change the future what does that even mean and from a an einsteinian you know, general relativity point of view and we spoke about time travel through wormholes it's the same deal here. So if you didn't hear those episodes talking about wormholes, uh, Einstein said, okay, here are some equations which describe this thing that I'm going to call space-time. Space-time mm. is the emergent matrix within which all interactions occur. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's uniform in shape, which means that light traveling from point to point to point uh, can only travel at an even ordered measure. So that means if you've got um, a distortion in space-time, 
and you're an external observer, light will always seem to travel uh, you know, at the same time. But if you're mm. inside the same frame of reference as the light, everything else will you know, right. go faster or slower depending on whether you're going into or out of a space-time dip, like a gravity well, for example. Right. So, however, this uh, space-time is a, is a fabric which is described by a bunch of mathematical equations. That's what it really is. Mm-hmm. And by putting in different values into these equations, you can describe different shapes of space-time, which okay. is how you can describe uh, you know, gravity from a massive object, for example. Uh, right. Or um, you know redshift according you know by 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 fast movements and so on, but you can also put in the sorts of values which turn into um, wormholes which connect space time that is not contiguous. So if you were to think uh, of the classic example I've put in so many movies, fold a piece of paper over, stick a pencil through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that point, if you went from where the pencil entered and walked along the paper around the outside down to where the pencil exited. Yes. It's a long distance, yep. but through the hole it's a very short distance. Yeah, you're folding it over. Right yeah, so, so you can use this general relativity equations to describe a situation where space-time could in fact have um, connecting holes through it. Its topography will change. So it's no longer a, a two-dimensional plane. It becomes a three-dimensional three-dimensional plane, which is actually four dimensions. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, the Simpsons did that, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, so so the, the, the point being, though, is that these wormholes can exist. Uh, and if you've got a wormhole that does exist, then you could have a particle could travel through the wormhole. Yeah. Now, you can also have wormholes essentially in time. So uh, the entrance of the wormholes at one point in time and the exit is at some earlier point in time, mm-hmm. which means then that you could walk in one way and come out two days earlier. Yes. Which is very confusing because then the question is, okay, let's let's say you rolled a billiard board through. Yep. And I'd love to... Oh, who's, who's the guy who... Oh, my goodness me. So the billiard, billiard board, uh, it was something... It was a paper in 1990 with Kip Thorne, Mike Morris, and Ulvi Urteseva. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they're talking about... What happens if you've got this wormhole, this this continuous time-like curve, as they call it? Yep. So you can put throw a billiard board, billiard ball through one entrance, mm-hmm. and it will come out before it has entered. You know, because there's a time loop. Yes. And let's say you throw it at such a trajectory that it will come out and hit itself, knocking itself out of the way, so it can't go through. The, the yeah the yep yep now yep you, yep would that mean you've got two billiard billiard balls but they're both the same one mm. and you go well yeah. well that doesn't make sense so it's no. a paradox yeah and that's this same paradox here so if if the Terminator is sent back in time to mm. kill John Connor but John Connor was created because the Terminator is sent back in time if he kills Sarah there was no reason to send the Terminator back in time in the first place. That's right. So he never would have been sent back in time. It, it, it's, it's a paradox. Yeah. So anyway, physicists don't like to leave these things left unfigured out. No. So we've got this this concept, this idea known as the Novikov self-consistency principle. Right. Oh, just that one. 
Yes. <laughs> and so this is this uh, Russian physicist who in the uh, late 70s to mid 80s, he was very interested in this concept. And he wrote a couple of books uh, earlier than Terminator. So mm. I don't know if that had any bearing on this. Maybe it was just part of the local zeitgeist at the time. Yeah. Uh, but he examined this paradox. He said, okay, let's assume you can t- go travel back in time. Yes. Then, uh, you know, he sort of put forward a, a mathematical design which showed there is, or, you know, you won't be able to do anything that hadn't happened. Yeah. So, like, um, if, you, if you solve for a number of these equations, you find that the, it has to have happened already because that's the way it works. So, yeah. this billiard ball problem, you could look at your hole, wormhole you're going to chuck through, and you could calculate the trajectory fine enough that you would knock the billiard board out. But the argument against that is, well, hold on, when you throw it through, you've got an altered physics, or rather, it's, it's altered in that it's not altered because it's a, a time loop. Yeah. But there's an infinite number of opportunities for the billiard ball to only give a glancing blow and not knock it away from the wormhole, but just change its trajectory just enough such that when it comes out, it knocks it at a glancing blow mm. to make it come off just enough. Yeah. It knocks, you know, and so the point being is that, yeah, you could perfectly calculate how to throw it through there to knock itself out of the way. But in reality, because it has gone through and it did come through and hit it, clearly it didn't knock it out of the way. So it only knocked yeah. it enough to mean it got off-centered. But the interesting thing, that means then that that change in trajectory appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, because originally the, the trajectory would have knocked it clear, but because a billiard ball happened to appear out of nowhere and knock it the wrong way, mm. then you've got this uh, spontaneous creation. Yeah. And that's an interesting... It's almost a paradox in itself, except that it must happen. Yeah. It's a bizarre... Yeah, it's a bizarre thing. I mean, it's a totally chicken and egg thing. I think the Terminator series, it's not identified in this film, but I think the Terminator series uh, accepts or it invents the rule that, well, as you move through time, then, of course, other new actions can happen, right? Yeah. And is that the same here? Do you think that's that's kind of what that means? So even with the billard ball that, well, initially they must have thrown the billard ball, right? Yeah. So it'd be the, the, the first ball had to go through no matter what. Well, see, that's the thing, but... You before, can't knock... But because we've got reverse causality here, mm. as soon as you go to commit to throwing that ball, it comes out. But the first... It has been thrown. Yeah. But the first time it must have been thrown. But there is no first time. That's that's this whole <laughs> that's the whole yeah, no. issue we have here is that there's there is no first in order for it to ever happen, it has to have happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The rule but the rule is that it had to happen the first time, doesn't it? Yeah, right? So Otherwise it can't see that that brings you to the That's um, the paradox. That's the, the paradox. Quantum theory of multiple universes. Yeah. Which would allow yeah. your consciousness to observe um, branching of decision points. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Kyle does say into her, he goes, oh, the future I come from. 
And yes. that's the excuse, isn't it? It's the future yeah. I come from. But, but, but we might invent a new though, future. This movie, nonetheless, has this beautiful Novikov principle hmm. in that it all wraps up. The yeah. Terminator yeah, yeah. gets destroyed. Yep. John Connor is conceived. Carl's dead. That photograph, even that exact photograph that yeah. Carl had gets created. Yeah. And and we have to assume that it all just goes on in this loop. Yes. So the Terminator's was was uh Skynet was unsuccessful. Yeah. But uh it was the interesting thing you raise here though is what about free will? Because mm. let's say you do have time travel mm. and you say, you know what I'm going to do? This morning I um ate cereal with milk. Mm. So this afternoon I'm gonna travel backwards through time yep. and I'm gonna steal all the milk in the house and tip it down the drain. Yeah. Therefore when I wake up I will not have been able to found milk and thus I won't be able to have cereal. Yes. And so you go back in time and you, you make this conscious decision. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But what the Novikov pr- principle says is you can't do anything that didn't already happen. Yeah. Which means something stops you. And there have been another a, a number of movies where I've seen like this or, or shows where... Someone goes back in time. They go, "Oh, like I'm going to kill Hitler." Yeah, and you know it all seems to line up and all the rest of it. But then something weird happens, mm. you know, mm. and they just can't do it. Yeah, or they uh, a good one is they have to go back and kill someone, like Looper or something. Mm. And then they go, oh, "Actually, I'm not going to kill them." Although mm. Looper, I guess, breaks its principle. But uh, yeah, so yeah. so you go back. Oh, I'm going to steal all the milk. Yeah, but maybe you go back and. You're most of the way through stealing like the, the the spare milk you've got in the back fridge, and then you're about to go and get the main milk in the front fridge, and you know your wife wakes up and comes and you go, "Oh, I don't, I can't be seen with all this milk because yeah. she'll probably take it off me." So you run off, but then it's too late. You've gotten up and yeah. you've gotten the milk out and you've had your cereal. You still have some oh. too, yeah, some sort of milk. And then so, you, but of course. You go back to your normal time with all this milk from the back fridge and you go check out the back fridge and, oh, it's empty as well. My wife was complaining about that earlier today that we don't have any milk. Yeah. And I'm like, of course we did. I had milk for cereal. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting question about free will and could you, do you not have free will? And mm. the response to that, of course, is, well, if you jump off a cliff, you may well will yourself to fly. But you're not going to fly no matter how hard you will it to be. Yeah. And it's it's a part of physics, which is to say that, again, if you have had your breakfast with milk, then there's that has happened to yeah. you in your timeline. You can't, you can't undo that. Yes. So something must happen to stop you from being able to undo that, even if you try. Well, because isn't that like Back to the Future, really, that he, he goes back and then Marty goes back and then when he... He's then interfered. The free will is that then his mum is no longer interested in his dad. He's yeah. in, her mum is sorry, Marty's mum is now interested in him, which then means he starts vanishing because if he doesn't get, if his parents don't get together, well then he's not born. Yeah, that well that's that's a like, take on the grandfather paradox. Which yeah, is, which is this thing. Yeah, but that's the free will of then the mum not wanting the dad anymore now, right? Yes. Like, He's interfered with something. So your so with your milk analogy, it could be the same that you'd have to go back and convince you have to go back and convince your earlier self not to drink the milk. Yes. You can't just remove the milk. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> take the milk. Because I wanted milk. I I had milk. 
Oh, oh, is this a this is a one of those experiments I'm trying? Oh. But so the question is, if you went back and you did, you did grab all the milk and you didn't wake anyone up, and then you come back to the future, do you suddenly are you suddenly like, oh, I'm really hungry because well, I never had milk? I think this what you must have proven <laughs> at that point is the multi timeline, you know, the multi universe yeah. interpretation of quantum. Because physics. surely you had breakfast, because otherwise then you'd be really hungry, right? Yeah. And at what point? How does that food exit your stomach? Yes. That you actually ate six well, hours it's, earlier. It's I've always preferred the time travel interpretation of you're not traveling back through time so much as you're traveling, you're still traveling forward in your time yeah, you to a different yeah, universe, to a, as a, yeah. which is identical in all ways except for the fact that you have traveled back in time. Yeah. So in the new timeline you're in, you are consistent. Mm. with everything which means yeah you could kill your grandparents and never but be born you would, yeah. because your personal future like doctor who does this yeah your yeah. personal future is still a forward moving timeline yeah it's yeah. just cutting across multiple universes which appear mm. to have different timelines although really yeah. it would just you could imagine it as a whole bunch of lines all parallel shifted mm. so that your present is actually the equivalent past if it lines up across. So you're never really traveling backwards through time. You're traveling through space. Yeah. I mean, like was John Connor born and then, but then that would be a different dad, wouldn't it? Was at some point did Skynet, at some point did there, was there a rebel uprising? Because the rebel uprising existed without John Connor. Yes. There was some sort of rebellion. Did then Skynet go, we have to go back in time and change something. And they went back and changed something. But then because they changed that, it it, it created the pathway towards John Connor. And then, of course, they go back and try something again. And then that time it's like, no, it is John Connor. Okay, who's John Connor's mum? Let's kill her. Do you know what I mean? Well, it- I've read an interesting like it'd be take. like Hitler. Like you go, you go. We could go back and kill Hitler, and we kill Hitler, and then you come back, and then it's like, oh, it still happened. Yes. You're like, why did it still happen? Because I've seen some another show that sort of did a similar thing to this, and they're like, oh, well, it wasn't just Hitler. It was like all of these men, and you know, like it was a cohort of as a energy of existence and philosophy at a certain moment in time. Hitler wasn't. You killed Hitler, but it still went forward. Yes, it was someone it, else took up someone, that same banner. Someone, someone just takes up the banner, so it doesn't actually matter. I, I read an interesting take where someone said the Terminator movie, the first one, is actually the third timeline mm, occurrence. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the first one would go ahead and, uh, you know, the humans uprose and so forth and caused problems. They sent a Terminator back mm. and the Terminator was, you know, partially successful but that resulted in john connor being born i think you're sort of heading this way that's what i mean yeah and then of course that comes to the third timeline which is the movie we watch yeah yeah. where now those two come back and that's kind of sealed the time loop which Mm. is to say okay now we've got a consistent situation where terminator failed john connor is born the the future that was timeline number two happens yeah yeah. Although yeah. John Connor has a different father. Yeah. In the fir- in the second timeline compared to the third timeline. Yeah. But it, yeah, let, let's call it the nominal John Connor. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's what I mean. Like, he's always... John Connor will always appear, but it just will be a well, different John Connor. Hang on. We're going back to the Matrix. Yeah. Well, yeah. How many Neos had there been? Yeah, that's it's right. It's like, over time, the one always appears. Like, it's a glitch in the Matrix that the, the algorithm which runs the Matrix mm. means that every however often mm. a Neo appears. Yeah. And so yeah. the architect has sort of figured out this way of allowing that to exit the matrix and then yeah. come back in again and reseed. Yes. Yeah. yeah so that, And well, and that, that that is that analogy if you take like what I said, humans being rats or cockroaches, like eventually some sort of rebellion will just happen. Like we can't help but have some sort of rebellion against yeah. the system. Like we will rebel against the system. You can't keep us down. And that's John Connor. John Connor, Neo. Yeah. They're Neo. the same. It's the same. They're person. the same embodiment. Maybe. Oh, okay. Here's a fan theory. <laughs> John Connor is the one from an earlier incarnation of the Matrix before the architect had got it all worked out mm. down to a real fine art. Yeah, that's right. Remember, yeah. you see, there were previous versions where they made it a paradise. Yeah, that's right. And they and they tried different times. This periods, is the nightmare. And they found that sometime in the 1990s, the dystopian 1990s seemed to be about <laughs> the right balance. Yeah, perfect times, the 1990s. <laughs> despair and problems and and but and you couldn't be too success. happy but too yeah yeah whereas an earlier version was the terminator it was the terminator version yeah john yeah. connor was the uh was neo, neo and yeah so they had to do it. okay there we go there i we think go. that i'm going to search on the internet but i think that is a new fan theory there we go of the matrix you heard it here folks crossover. ah i'm going to write that up somewhere yes you, that's brilliant. I'm, I'll search for it, make sure no one else is coming. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> that is. That's the new time parallels. And with that... Yeah, I was going to say, that brings us to the end of the Terminator. The Terminator. It's Terminator the Terminator. We have. We've executed it. We're but done. We, but we've got more. We've got we do have more. 61. I know. Unbelievable. Next week. And it's going to be... I think it's going to be Dark City. Ooh, nice. Actually, I know it's going to be Dark City. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. I look forward to it. So Dark City, <laughs> uh, it's a... Oh, geez, when, when was that made? 1993? Yeah, it's been 90-somewhere uh, along got, there. It's got that dude who was in Dune. It does. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have seen this film many, many, many moons ago. Uh, I, I did enjoy I it at the time. I can't wait to talk about the experience I had with it when I first watched it because mm. it was it was a... It was a pretty good time. It was a bit of an eye-opener like The Matrix, you know, like yeah. I did. I remember that. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll save that for next time. So, yeah, check us out. Um, as I said, the film uh, festival is coming along, so make a film, submit it. Head to our website. Let us know what you thought about The Terminator. Make sure you go and watch it and listen to – and sorry, let us know what you thought about what we thought about The Terminator. Hit us up on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the places that you can find people online and let us know what you thought. Until next time. Bye-bye. See ya.